Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to winter is blooming a game of thrones rewatch podcast by us the penny bloom podcast today is the season seven finale we conclude another season of thrones and i'm so very excited season seven episode seven the dragon and the wolf it was written by D david benioff and db weiss directed by jeremy Pedeswa. I am Colton Robertson, and I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And another season in the books. Mm-hmm. Seven down, one to I... go. How are you feeling about it, buddy? Eh? You know, it's, uh, except, you know, it was a quick season. You know, it felt very, very quick compared to the others. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't, I wouldn't say that the pace of it has, has, um, picked up to the the amount that people would say it you know has uh, people people always just kind of group seven and eight together i feel like it's just kind of this hodgepodge yeah. it's like it's all bad from season seven on it's just shit and don't even don't bother it's not the same show but no i, I think season seven actually surprised me um i haven't really noticed many of the downfalls at all and i think the only major downfall um is the aria and uh sansa storyline um, but we get the best part of it this episode, so it's kind of all over, and I don't have to deal with it anymore. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah everything even bad. So, even so, given it was the be- the last or the best part and the last part of it, mm-hmm. uh, it was a shame to kind of see that the the previous episodes have kind of painted this twist even negatively on on a rewatch. You know, like I like it, I like the moment, I think it's well performed, but like. I don't know. After feel... after a whole couple episodes of them being at each other's throats, like it just it just felt so fucking cheap. Yeah, it dawned like... on me. It yeah. dawned on me that like we have Arya. She has all these faces. She's a she's capable of. She likes to kind of kill people in ways you know where she taunts first or whatever. Like, um, like how she killed the entire Frey family. You know, we didn't know it's her. You know, we could have gotten something where she puts a face on, she talks to Littlefinger, he says something to, like, incriminate himself. You know, like, she chooses a face of someone where, I don't know, he drops something where he says his true intentions, and then they're like, okay, yeah, well, we thought so. There's a lot about that scene that I do really like, because I appreciate that they don't accuse him like legally of mm-hmm. anything at present it is a bunch of stuff they know he's done you know like mm-hmm. I, and that that catharsis of being like a you betrayed and got our father killed and now we are exacting vengeance for our yeah. house 
Yeah, no real trial here. This was just kind of like, uh, we're in the north, uh, and you're a schemy little fuck. Live by the uh, north, so... die by the north, homie. I, I, I love it. Sorry. I, I like uh... that. Like, there's, we'll get to it. There are elements of it I enjoy. There are elements of it I don't. And it, it's, it, like you yeah. said, it is the best part of this storyline. It more just is the build up to it that has made, that just kind mm-hmm. of put a bad taste in my mouth. But, yeah. uh, but everything you... else. Yeah, I don't no. know. That's I the mean, thing, though, is that was all to say that everything else was was enjoyable and I, and I liked. So, but but yeah, I guess uh, where where are we beginning? Uh, we will episode? begin in King's Landing. Mm, okay, the big in? the big one. Okay. Oh, very big, very big. Uh, this was one of those things that reminded me how no matter how quick or accelerated or you know arguably bad the show became written it never it never lost its visual flair baby like mm. this shit looked good whenever we see the unsullied uh outside mm. the city gates lined up and the way they were photo- photographed uh throughout this episode fucking beautiful yeah. everyone's uh, costume like mm. everyone uh everyone's yeah. kind of just in black everyone is yep. um which i think is, is hilarious like the person i noticed the most costume wise actually was jora uh i don't know why jora was just looking good he was stunting um, to me i guess gray worm uh, actually as well i don't know kind of mm-hmm. it felt like he was stunting some new armor the like kind of three i don't know if i don't know maybe it was always on his armor uh the the kind of three dragons kind of eating themselves i don't know it, it was kind of a different uh targaryen logo um mm-hmm. on his on his kind of on his chest i, I think that, but, maybe i'm uh, getting jorah's and his mixed up but i mean I jorah's so. armor was fucking but, gnarly i i yeah. loved it it was it was good looking but uh yeah the unsullied are lining up in tight formation outside the walls of king's landing and on the walls jamie lannister and Bronn discuss how the latter is unnerved by the idea of soldiers without genitalia as he's been around enough soldiers to know why they fight and that the idea of soldiers who fight for no promise of sex is alien to him. Uh, Jamie's line here where he's like, maybe it really is all cocks in the end. Uh, it reminded me of a line from The Sopranos, like just like a a little <laughs> cunnilingus in psychiatry led us to this. Uh, it's something that uh, Tony says uh, very early on, just like uh, maybe it really is all cocks in the end. Like it's just, uh, well, man what a just a, a sh- shows like it it's just hbo you know they just got the television you know just the go to go to television and two characters uh yeah. like two shows vastly different like you're you, this you know game of thrones you're loving like the actual good guy and like the guy that you're rooting for like Jon snow you know, i don't know i root i root for tony soprano I, the fuck you know the fuck out of tony oh yeah soprano. yeah yeah like, that's uh, he does the strength gnarly of the shit sopranos is um, that you, but, you do root for tony mm-hmm. um, but but yeah. regardless yeah like just this whole conversation where he's like uh th- like jamie tries to rationalize it and bron's like well no you see uh, and he's like, yeah, no, that's true. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you no, fight for family. Well, no yeah. hope of family when you don't damn, have cock. You know? yeah. uh, damn. All right, Braun. You, check, you really checkmated me, dude. Okay, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe you're right. Um, <laughs> but yeah. uh, as they talk, hordes of Dothraki ride in, and uh, it's a stark con- contrast to the disciplined Unsullied, who don't even blink 
as hundreds of horses flood past them. Uh, but the two ancient enemies are united in a cause today. And at the harbor, Tyrion Lannister, Varys, Missandei, Jon Snow, and Davos Seaworth nervously sail past Euron Greyjoy's fleet. Um, and the Hound goes below deck to check on their guest, who is thankfully just as riled up as ever. And in her solar, <laughs> Cersei is informed by Kyburn of the arrival of Daenerys' party. And though there is no sign of Daenerys herself, Cersei promptly tells Sir Gregor Clegane that if anything goes wrong at the summit, he is to kill Daenerys. And uh, mm. Tyrion and Jon, in that order, then dispose of the rest as he pleases. Yeah. Not as nicely put as that. Uh, I believe the silver-haired bitch first. Yes. Um, and then... The something that calls himself my brother, I think, is how she put yeah. Tyrion. Um, and then the bastard. And, yeah, the the bastard who, yeah, who claims to be king of the north or whatever. Yeah, it was, man. And then I, I, I love just seeing Jamie's reaction to that, though, in the background. He was like, he was just kind of like, oh my, I mean, like, damn, how bluntly you just put that. I guess, like, sure. But she was, like, basically power ranking her her enemies you know she's yeah. like this no, she's is the like, one who's most important to me to die you, you know have like to kill her but yeah. then we gotta kill my brother and then i guess you can kill john too that's okay yeah like i just do whatever and then just kill whoever else as you see fit uh get up to you have fun well and she's uh, talking about committing war crimes which is hysterical you know like uh mm -hmm. when you're when you're meeting at a summit like this it's generally frowned upon uh yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> kill the main leaders of ever, yeah, of the people yeah. who are showing up. Generally, um, not not ideal. Um, uh, and you know, not not necessarily war crimes, but the rules of war would be getting broken if something like this mm -hmm. were to happen. Um, and I appreciate that she does say that if anything goes wrong, you know, if something something happens, and you know, true, she's like, this wasn't the plan just from the get go. No, it's not like she's like just yeah. kill them. Yeah, simple. Game over. We win. Uh. So she does have, like, there's that shred, that itty-bitty shred of mm -hmm. appearance she has to maintain, you know? Um, but, yeah, also the Dothraki and Unsullied and two dragons um, are at her doorstep. So she she's kind of got to be a little careful. Yeah, you got to um, be cautious, to be sure. But, uh, yeah, the group arrives and are escorted to the dragon pit. Uh by Braun. Braun leads the uh leads the little group that's escorting them with Brienne and Podrick in tow. And Tyrion reconnects with Braun, who concedes that it is it is good to see him again. Uh and the pair greet Podrick Payne, who had arrived earlier with Brienne of Tarth. And as Pod goes off with Braun, Brienne hangs back to talk with the hound. Um and this part brings me one of my favorite probably my favorite line of the episode. Okay, good. Uh, where they're uh they're yeah. going back and forth as they uh, they both acknowledge that they only fought to protect Arya. They both had her best interest at heart. And he asks, you know, if you're here, who's protecting Arya? Oh, she says, the only person who needs protection from Arya is anyone who stands in her way. Uh, and the Hound replies, it won't be me. Oh. I was like, oh, dude. And the little oh. smile they exchange and stuff. It's just so fucking oh. cute, dog. Yeah. I, I mean, love it. Brienne beat the shit out of this dude. I mean, they kind of beat the shit out of each other for a little yeah. bit. But then Brienne really beat the shit out of him. Thought that he was dead. And then they're like, all right, 
well, obviously we're like chill now. Uh, you know, no, no animosity or no beef. Well, and they, uh, I appreciate like Sandor, the growth this character has undergone oh, to man. be able to see her and just be like, "Hey, man, we had yeah. the." We had the best interest at heart. I know you fought for the right thing. I know I fought for the right thing. Things happened how they happened. He Uh, really was protecting the Stark girls from the very beginning as well. Sansa and King's Landing at first. Like, he's always been a somewhat like a good guy, you know. Like, he's he's, a line, you know. But, you know, not the best guy for sure. No, 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 no. He's a fucking He killed the butcher's boy. Uh, He wrote him down and stuff, you know. Like, that's unquestionable shit shit dude at the beginning of this show you know but like i said there was a line you know like there and that line at the beginning might have been pretty far down the line don't get me wrong you know like it but Mm -hmm. there was there was it existed you know there are characters in the show who don't have a line uh yeah and i guess it was at like the order of joffrey or you know uh yeah Robert, yeah. I guess at the time, I don't know. Well, no, he wasn't really. No, he remember. always answered directly to Joffrey. That was his. That okay. was his. Yeah. Yeah. Leech. So, um, but uh, yeah, so like he's got to do what he's got to do. Um, but I appreciate that at some point he packed it in. He said, "Fuck this. Fuck you. Fuck, fuck the, the king." king. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and now he's been on a journey that's created just such one of one of my favorite and one of the best dudes in this show. So. I uh that line just kind of moved me deeply with seeing those two go back and forth about this this child who they both cared so much about and it's funny because Brienne's service for the for the Stark girls is entirely out of dedication to Catelyn she barely knows either of them you know uh she barely knows Arya so it's fascinating to see the hound kind of catch up with what Brienne does know about Arya mm-hmm. and then him be like, uh, he doesn't even actually know all that. You know, he's just kind of like, well, it won't be me. You know, like that's my dog. That's my girl. I love, I love her. You mm-hmm. know, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I went with the hound for my character for the episode yeah. and he was already like, I mean, this is the very beginning. I'm like, man, he's starting off pretty good. After that line, I'm like thinking about him, but it, even just a little bit, a little bit further, uh, he like hammered it in for sure, uh, oh, yeah. for character of the episode. Uh, but a few more things have to occur. Uh, first. Absolutely. So, yes. We'll, we'll, we'll then arrive at the dragon pit where the various factions meet Cersei Lannister, Jamie, Kyburn, and Euron pr- representing the Iron Throne, uh, John, Davos, and Brienne representing the North, and Daenerys's court. And then when Cersei demands to know where her rival is, the Dragon Queen makes a suitably dramatic entrance on mm-hmm. Drogon's back, uh, with Rhaegal flying overhead as well. And Sandor, for the first time in years, comes face to face, uh, or face to helmet, rather, with his brother, the Mountain. And, uh, oh, like, oh man, dude. you're even uglier than me now, you piece of shit. Dude, uh, right here. This is what I was talking about. I mean, he, like, he saw him walk in. Whenever Cersei and everyone first walked in, he's like, okay, I'll take my seat. The queen's walking in, you know, gotta, whatever, pleasantries, fuck it. But, like, the second that he was able to walk over to his brother, he was like, all right. Well, just, I'm, I'm. all the beef 
in this dragon pit, bro. Oh my god, yes. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's crazy that we can even say some of the sen- like some of the sentences you're saying. Like when you're just Cersei, Jamie, Kyburn, Euron, then John, John Davos, Davos Brienne, Brienne, Daenerys, yeah. like Tyrion. Like it's crazy that we're even saying these names in the same location. They yeah, were in the same but, place at the same time. But I mean, everyone. Man, it's, if everyone if this, except for Sansa and Arya is here. That's, yeah. Okay. And yeah, I guess Bran. No, but Bran's there. Uh, Bran is actually there because um, he yeah he's everywhere. Um, but no, like if this isn't like the definition of standing on business, like this is like that's the only thing I could think is like this. This was before the phrase even existed. You know, before right. it was popularized. This was like the most in front of everyone, in front of the most powerful people in the world. The hound just goes up to the mountain and says, I need you y'all know. to calm the fuck down for a second. Yeah. There is like, one thing I yeah. give a shit about. The Great War, <clears throat> whatever. Uh, Euron and, and all this other beef, whatever. You know, this, I don't give a fuck. My brother, he knows what's coming for him. You know, I'm I'm going to get him one day. And and I, I don't know, I mm-hmm. thought it was just the most the most badass shit because you know he has seen a lot of a lot of development but this is definitely like oh he he's never lost this you know he'll no. never this lose is, this is lose the one that. area in which he is stunted mm-hmm. you know uh he will not get past this it's Fair pointless enough, to get past though. this for uh, him at this point you know uh yeah. like he's yeah, already I mean, held on to this his entire fucking life and with, especially with this war coming, it's like, there's nothing left to lose. It's about he's that like, time. He's like, I could die very, very soon. And this is the only thing I really care to do still to get done before I die. So I'm just going to let my intentions be known. Um, yeah, I thought it was, was pretty badass. That's, that's when I hammered him in. Um, and I'm like, yeah, no, you're, you're well, taking. I also love that he's character. just. He knows it's his time to go do something, so he's like takes that opportunity to go speak to the mountain. And oh, okay, like, that's what go gets him to go I'm down. Go and, okay, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he, uh, he, he, he's got, he's got his moment. So he's like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go here. Uh, but mm. uh, yeah, you know, he ultimately muses. However, however, that what happened to Gregor is irrelevant, and promises what's left of him. He he intends to end it. Um, mm-hmm. And Tyrion <laughs> steps up ready to make a speech. Um, and then you're on yeah. useless fuck of a fucking character. I hate this guy. Um, but I do love that everyone perceives him as such, um, mm-hmm. makes this wonderful. You know, uh, you're on speaks up like little Theon, I have your sister. And they just cut to Tyrion. Who's just kind of like, and then he looks at Jamie and Jamie's like, I don't, I don't know, man. I yeah, don't he's know. like, uh, we got, we got bigger concerns here, dude. And you know, he makes, makes a dwarf joke. You know, he's like, oh, then why are you talking? You know, yeah, sort and of good at him first, looking at Theon and kind of really. being like, Theon, do you recall yeah. our conversation about dwarf jokes? How mm-hmm. everyone who says one thinks they're the first one to ever say mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Uh, he's, his wasn't even good either. You know, yeah, and, then, exactly. and then he explained I, I the that joke. little. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. yeah, he's like. It was just so, so like what the he explained it after. Here? Never explain it. It's, you know, it's kind of like the the Eddard Stark um, of the the last meeting. Uh, Euron's kind of that guy. 
um, of this meeting right here of the guy just be like, can you just sit the fuck down while the, you know, while the important people talk? Oh, uh, real uh, quick. yeah. Um, or not Eddard. Hello. Uh, also not, not, and it's not even a Stark. Uh, He's a Tully. Yeah. It is, uh, Tully. Edward fucking... Tully. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Wow. Um, hello. Edmure. Edmure. Edmure oh. Tully. Both yeah. names wrong. I got the first initial right. I'll give myself that. First syllable. Um, I'll give yeah, you that. Okay. Wow, uh, a couple. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, but yeah, still you got a, you got a first, first yeah. two His face, letters. his uh, face was in my mind. You know that that's the thing. I, can, I, can, I mean, like I was confused, so I'm glad we got it cleared up. I was yeah, like, good old Eddard Stark. Stark ever you know? did anything like this? Good old uh, Eddard Stark. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Ad- no, for sure though. Um, but even then, it's like at least it's like earnest. You know, like this mm. is just. Oh, okay. Yeah, this like, is just him douchebag, like kind of like, fucking like douchebag. yeah. And he is like, there is a reveal later on in the episode that he's kind of supposed to put on a show. He's mm-hmm. supposed to appear insubordinate. He's supposed to appear rash and ridiculous. I don't know if this is a part of that. Um, it would make sense if she was just kind of like if Cersei instructed him, like you know. Be you, you know, just do your thing. Yeah, I think, I mean, because the, she says that he's off to go and get the Golden Company. company. Yeah. Okay. So, so I guess she knew that that would happen for sure. I think it was just like, come up with some reason that you have to leave, you know? Oh, yeah. And I think uh, that like, and I think that for that to be believable, Prior to that, he has to appear to all these people oh, okay. as a loose like, cannon, basically. He does what he wants when he wants to, doesn't observe okay. any of yeah. the formalities. So when Tyrion steps up to talk, he's like, what's up? Hmm. I got something to say. Fuck this. Fuck this meeting. I don't care about it hmm. that much. You know, like, uh, and actually kind of makes his, his joke, even though it's, it's whatever, you know, it actually makes it make sense, you know, like actually... Yeah. It it actually works pretty well for this meeting. Then it does, it does. But uh, regardless, uh, you know, you're on postures, and they have that whole. You know, he tells the joke, and Tyrion goes, "He explained it after. Never explain it." Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, kills the vibe. Uh, <laughs> but uh, a furious Jamie orders Euron to sit down, um, and when he he rega- disregards the warning, Cersei repeats it, and a subdued Euron returns to his seat. And uh, getting the meeting on track, Tyrion and Jon attempt to convince the Lannister Queen of the greater threat coming from the north for them all. And uh, according to Tyrion, one million people all lived crammed together in this city. They will soon become one million more soldiers in the army of the dead. And Cersei's like, now, what the fuck do you mean by that? You know, uh, you know, her flippancy is noticeably angering Jon. You know, mm-hmm. she clearly doesn't give a fuck. And John's like, you, uh, mm-hmm. just wait, just wait yeah. a couple more seconds, Cersei. Don't worry. We got I'm a present. You. I'm not, I didn't just come down here to talk. Okay. Uh, but Cersei mm-hmm. refuses to believe the claim, uh, dismissing them as a ploy to trick her into lowering her defenses, luring her armies North so that Daenerys can easily take the capital. And, uh, to prove their claim, Sandra returns with a, uh, a crate. Lugging Boom! Back. I mean, dude just hu- just 
punking this thing. I mean, I was just love the hound, you know. I mean, I already hammered him in, but then I'm like, damn, this dude. You know, I, I like, like I, I'm pretty sure like three or like four people were dragging this thing with the rope like beyond the yeah. wall. Like that was the idea, not even with the white in it at first. Um, and then and then this dude's just so low carrying it on his back i'm like yeah dude, mm-hmm. the hound yeah, like a, no. how how are you standing out amongst all of these people all of these right? guys you know yeah. i'm like yeah every time he's on screen i'm just like damn you're just always damn. looking cool or doing something doing something great so yeah i don't know i, he, I thought he, he just was a standout in this episode he was uh, and like that's that's uh, like you said difficult thing to do in this crowd this company for the hound to be the highlight is and i would agree i think i didn't end up going with a character from this from this yeah. set. and so, you know maybe maybe for the entire episode you know he's he might not be the the highlight but it, it's just how it started off you know it's it's how they started off the episode i don't know um so maybe i know it's a strong and, and it just a strong, it get, felt felt they fucking nice get to it you know uh but uh, yeah, he returns with that crate, which uh, the crate is uncharacteristically quiet. Uh, and Sandor gets the crate open and is visibly frightened by what he sees as he cautiously peers inside and scuttles back, uh, which worries Jamie since he knows the hound is not afraid of shit. Uh, mm. If the hound is slightly frightened by anything, <laughs> this is alarming. Uh, this is this is yeah. a, this is a problem. And Cersei watches the proceedings with a dismissively smug smirk as nothing happens when he opens the box. They all kind of look around, and Sandor finally gives the crate a massive kick and knocks it over, and the enraged white promptly clambers out and charges directly towards Cersei, appropriately enough. And uh, completely stunned at the sight of the undead creature, we also see Cersei become uncharacteristically frightened uh, for a moment. You know, watching her be completely mm-hmm. stone-faced, stoic, and get that RBF going hard when she watches the dragon fly in with Daenerys on her back, like she, that ain't shit. Mm-hmm. You know, she's prepared for that. I got this, mm-hmm. this, when she jumps out of her seat and she's like, uh, is the first yeah. step towards Lena Hetty being my performance of the episode. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Oh dude. No, I think there was, there was two performances that stood out to me this episode and she, she was the other one. Um, but I'll, I'll wait for, for the other, but no, she like, was great here and then also like jamie to her side like being completely frozen as well you know you'd expect him to i guess jump in front you know he's the king or queen's guard uh the i guess the mountain might be the you know is the mountain just kind of a drone you know and then yeah the mountain i think he's uh, i think he's like her bodyguard but i do think jamie is the he's like the master commander Okay, is he like the master of war right now, or because Kevin, Kevin's fucking dead. Kevin's right? dead. Jamie is also a general in her army, so like, mm. um, he's like he's like the main general right? back with him. So like, I think he's the Lord Commander of the King of the Queen's Guard. He's also the general of her armies. So during times of war. I think it's safe to say that the mm-hmm. mountain is probably the de facto leader. The thing is, is that um, he can't do much to lead. Uh, so, like, yeah. I don't take him to be like. And the, there's no other guards. She only needs the one. You know, yeah. I think that's that's also hilarious. But um, I, I also anyway. love, love to think that they uh, they calculated the 
length of the chain that they needed the white yeah. to be tied on uh, in order to be perf you know the perfect distance away from Cersei uh, to not yeah, grab her exactly. but scare her the most. Um, yeah, it was. This was all just planned out. They're like, okay, we need the hound. Uh, you know, this is all like they rehearsed. The hound it. went down there and was like, I need you to be quiet, buddy. Until yeah. I tip you over and pour you out, you and go ahead and uh, I'll set you perfectly on, and, and we'll, we'll mark an X in the sand of where you need to place the box. You know, yep. put it right there, and then and then kick it forward, and it'll play perfectly. Yeah, it's um, it works. But it just, just imagine, works. you know, just imagine the hound. The hound walks five feet f- more forward. Um, yeah, Cersei's dead, and that's it. What's over? War, mm-hmm. war ended. Um, yeah, and and. A, a a beeline straight for Cersei. That, I think that that is kind of funny uh, to think. You know, my head of the Night King is in there looking at this because it's like this is like kind of the most important white that exists right now. Uh, so like it would make sense for him to like be. He wants to know what's going on, and then he's like, "Oh, you! You're the one I just have to kill. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm and I'm just running towards you." Um, Screech, maybe. screech, screech! Yeah, he's, uh, mm-hmm. he's shrieking, snarling. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone is just, you know, horrified. Basically, uh, claws inches away from Cersei and manages to slice the and uh, manages to slice the creature in half when it turns to attack him. The Hound does, um, mm-hmm. and the Stark and Targaryen delegations watch it emotionlessly, but the Lannisters look on in shock as the White's upper half continues to move shrieking and snarling and trying to crawl towards Sandor who slices off one of its outstretched hands. And after a clearly fascinated Kyburn briefly examines it, uh, he's like, holy fucking shit. This is a dream come true for me. I fucking love this. Uh, love Uh, that Kyburn is like noticeably horny for this. mm -hmm. Uh, It's like the mountain. I mean, I did that with him, but this is like a whole different different level right here. He's like, I gotta study this. This I I, I saved, have to I saved know. The, I saved the mountain uh, from the brink of death, not uh, not straight true. up decaying death. Um, mm-hmm. So it's this a whole is... other level for him. And John's like, "All right, I'll take that." Uh, takes the hand and explains to them, "We can stop them with fire." And he yeah, sets look. a light. <laughs> sets a light. Love to the, the hand. show. Yeah, yeah. dramatics there. They're all it's showing gotta up. Be. It's got to be. It's... And then he goes over to it, lifts up its its free arm, and stabs it with dragon glass, and says, "And with dragon glass." And uh, he bluntly states that if they don't win the coming war, such a fate waits for every person in Westeros, insisting that all their other conflicts pale in comparison to the one true war, mm-hmm. the Great War. I did almost choose it for the line because uh, it was a great delivery. Uh, no, yeah, you know, it's, I mean, like that's it's just such know, a yeah. hype little and, bit. And I just love it that it's coming it from John. Like this is matters. this is like what he is. His whole story is building to. You know, yeah. he's the only one who like knows the threat fucking... of coming. Yeah, of the North and knows what all's coming, and he's telling everyone, ever like the people who would not believe it, and now like. They are beginning to be like, okay, yeah, this isn't all just stories. You're right. Like, even just seeing this one thing, we're like, okay, like, shit. Like, some, something's, that's not right. That is not normal. Uh, should not yeah. be here. Um, 
But, you know, Cersei's still thinking very strategically. You know, she's oh, yeah. still, like, well, I'm still very much, you know, more south. I'm very much more south than you guys. Uh, they got to go through you first before we're even touched. Um, so I think she thinks that she's still safe no matter what, even if the threat is real. Um, uh, I think but- she she thinks either she's safe no matter what or she's fucked no matter what. And there's nothing she can really do to help either way. Hmm. Um, yeah. You know, anything, the Night King is kind of like her guardian angel or kind of like a, like a, a last minute kind of like, uh, um, like a possible win for Cersei of Mm -hmm. the Night King taking out her enemies for her. And then maybe somehow she still survives, but probably not if they, no, yeah. Like that's the thing is that I don't think I'm pretty sure that at this point she's going, like what Euron says, like we'll just, mm. you know, like uh, that. Can they swim? We'll just we'll just sail across the sea. You know, she's going. You know, if all else fails and they make it, we don't stand a fucking chance. Like I, I don't think she has any hope that she can defeat these motherfuckers. Uh, I don't mm. think she thinks she can help in any capacity. Um, and even if they tried to defend King's Landing, I think she'd find a way to not be there when that happens. Uh, yeah, in my head. that's um, that's fair. Um, she has your on right now, um, and she does. I guess she does say that in a like conversation with Jamie later on. Like me, you know, maybe maybe your on has the right, or no, with Tyrion actually um, later on. But um, ooh, yeah, no. Daenerys, uh, who's watched the whole thing rather poker faced, states that she didn't believe it herself until she saw them personally. And a horror-struck Jamie asks how many are coming. And Daenerys tells him it numbers at least 100,000. And Euron asks, you know, can they swim? And Jon goes, no. Which, this is the part whenever last episode becomes a problem. Um, What do you mean? They can't swim. How the fuck? How the fuck do they do the stuff that they do last episode and getting Viserion out of the water? Um, oh, so I guess is like, that swimming or is that just sinking and walking on the bottom of? Uh, that could be that. Because um, they didn't. Because they. Because if they could swim, then the broken ice wouldn't have been a problem. They all could have just swam over, got up, you know, got no, the, yeah, for it, sure. It wouldn't have mattered there. And then. Also, I guess at hard home, um, like it was like a very obvious, you know, like, but, but, you know, also at that point, it's like, they're not going to catch up with boats. You know, they're not, obviously they're not going to catch up, um, if they all just started swimming. So maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I'm getting, I'm like, I'm getting hung up on one little tiny detail from last episode where the whites pop up through the ice and drag Tormund in, um, Mm-hmm. Which yeah, maybe they can. Without swimming, that's, um, that's the thing is maybe they can. It's just that they like they, they don't like. We don't truly know like everything about. The, we just know that they are a force of death, and it's not to be fucked with. It's like, mm-hmm. but they don't. I mean, like they just assumed like, oh yeah, kill kill that one. All the rest go down. It's just kind of like they, yeah. they hope that's the answer, right? Uh, but they yeah, uh, and like uh, when it comes to like hard home. Why they don't swim? They, it's pointless to like the Night King's smart enough to know that it's pointless yeah, to swim like, out there. They're not going right. to catch up to 
votes. They're gone. Yeah, they're gone. Like, no, uh, no need. And also, um, like, it makes a statement. It's like, y'all better fucking. Yeah, and better. and also the King's Landing waters or waters uh, more south, like, that'd be like a hot tub for these White Walkers. Um, I feel true. like, it. you know, they'd have no problem uh, swimming swimming in, in this water. <laughs> um, no, but, like, so there's just been, like, these itty-bitty inconsistencies with the swimming of the Whites thing. So, like. Uh, for them to have expressly been like, uh, can they swim? No, they cannot. Um, they can't swim. And for swim. that to not be set up for anything uh, either, you know? Hmm. Um, I know it's a setup for Euron to go to the Essos and get the Golden To say he can leave, yeah. But um, to actually not see the whites or do anything with This with is one of the things that is a like consequence that. of the last season being six episodes and there not being like a... Mm. like one of the main critiques I understand of the last season for the most part is that the white Walker conflict is solved in an episode. We, yeah. we, we start the battle battle over white walkers eliminated, nothing left. Um, I'm fine with that. I think it works the way that they've decided to tell the story. Uh, with the time mm-hmm. they had allotted for six episodes left, you deal with that half the season, you deal with the other half, the other half of the season. Works for the six-episode structure. Would a retreat to the Iron Islands to regroup and reassess and try to figure out a new way to take out this threat not have kind of worked? You know, like a sprawling... Mm. Several battles all throughout Westeros, yeah. or like maybe two even battles throughout Westeros, uh, would be yeah, fucking because cool. I guess the first big battle the Night King fought, he lost. Uh, like he he did go through those other castles, I guess, but they weren't they weren't battles. Trying to yeah, they weren't trying. And to a lot of those a lot protect. of those castles had already retreated south. They're already coming to the north. They're already coming to Winterfell because they know that this is the coming war. They know that this is what's happening. Um, Yeah, I guess we just couldn't have had, like, if that battle was lost, it had to have been, like, they escaped somewhere. And it could have been really cool if if it was like, hey, let's let's go to the Iron Islands. Yeah, and then, like, because I had a visual of, like, maybe the the follow-through on they can't swim um, is they can't swim, but they have just the sheer number to send in troops to build a body with yeah. the debt you know or yeah. build a bridge with the bodies that they can just walk across maybe mm-hmm. not like across an ocean you know that that's a little bit too far-fetched yeah, but like say far the far iron islands like you know you're jumping from like just i don't know they get to like a little island and they're, they have water between them they think they're safe but then they just keep like flooding bodies in so that they can just keep getting a little bit further and further and then they're like okay well maybe they can't swim but they have other ways yeah, you know uh, of shit but going on. Um, no but like so cool. that is one of those lines that's just kind of like ah, when you think about like how that doesn't go anywhere that does kind of suck you know i would have loved for the white walker threat really oh. i would have loved for the last two the last season to be two seasons I guess it is kind of fair. I guess some of them can swim and some of them definitely can't. Depends on how dead you are. Because if you're fair. a skeleton, yeah, you you're not swim. floating. You literally just can't float. But if you have some skin, like if you if you have all your skin and and air sure. in your lungs, I, I guess so. 
I guess it depends on how dead you are, but you probably deteriorate pretty quick in the north, uh, north of the wall. So So, maybe that, maybe that's why. Maybe there's like, yeah, well, they're dead, uh, and most of them are skeletons. So no, they can't. No, but like a panicked retreat where they have to regroup quickly because they will just continue marching south. You know, uh, maybe is the Iron Islands south of Winterfell? Yeah, 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 yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, they they retreat south, but the Army of the Dead just keeps marching south. So maybe you know we end up getting some sort of pincer movement at the walls of King's Landing. You know, the King's Landing forces, the the Stark and Northern forces coming up from behind from the Iron Islands. You know, like that could be that could be hard. Cool. We could have just gone like down the King's Road, like the be- the the journey we took at the beginning of season one. Like, imagine yeah. if we saw the Night King take that journey, basically. Yeah, exactly. Then we see him. No, like but his- like, then so that's Ooh. the thing is that I think what they did works for the fact that they had six episodes. Yeah. If that's all you got, the way oh. they did it is the way they're gonna have to. You know, like that's just how it's gonna Damn. have to happen. Um, Damn. and that kind of sucks. If it was even two six episode seasons. Or uh, two five episode seasons, you know, you can pull something like that off, dude. Pretty, pretty safe. I'm imagining because, like, on the way down, you have Moat Kalen, which we had a little bit with Ramsey, and we saw that, so it would have been like, eh, whatever to see that. But like the twins to see like the Night King pass through the twins, and like it could have been cool, like because the bridge. The reason the twins is so powerful is like you have to walk through the bridge if you want to like. It, you know, have your armies cross or whatever, mm-hmm. but say he just like freezes the whole shit. So like, it just doesn't even matter. They just walk across like, every, yeah, like exactly. it just doesn't matter. You know, like it, they just, they, they're just, they push. Forth so and, like, like oh, that is, that, that is one of the only, like, I appreciate, I love season eight, episode three. I do. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. episodes of the entire show. Yeah. So like, I'm glad we got that, you know, I'm glad mm-hmm. we got that, but this was the first scene of the first episode of the show was, was the threat of the white walkers and the idea that they never make it further South than Winterfell. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes sense. Winterfell. That's where winter fell. Um, Mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. Um, damn. Damn, damn. Maybe the Night King just, he, that's where he hung out. Maybe he just, he gets to Winterfell, and that, that tree, you know, that god, or I always forget the name of the trees, um, yeah, yeah, the, 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 the fucking, God's uh, wood, but I feel like that's like the whole area, area, yeah, I can't, I I think it's a W, I don't know, it is, you know, the pretty, the pretty ass trees, weirwood yeah, where would Weirwood, yeah, that sounds right. Um, but maybe like that one is is special, and the Night King stays there. That's where he he hunkers down, so that you could go more south. But then they have to have this suicide run of going back, you know, north of of enemy lines to kill the the Night King at Winterfell, or so, I don't know. Um, no, nah, but like so, all that to say, like it's not necessarily a critique of the show, just sort of a like a consequence of there only being six episodes left after this. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, there's only so much we can do in that time. It would have been nice if we had more time. Uh, yeah. So I want to, I want to make that clear. It's not necessarily me going like, ah, 
<laughs> well, this show is bad because of that. You know, I think that like they did, they did good with what they did. It's just, uh, there mm-hmm. could have been more there. Um, yeah, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, you know, they, they reveal that the army numbers in one hundred the hundred thousands and Euron asks if they can swim and Euron announces, uh, you know what? Never mind. I'm going. I'm not fucking sticking around. Fuck that. I'm going back to the Iron Islands and I'm going to wait it out. And you know what? You should go too, tells Daenerys. When it's all over, we'll be the only two left standing. Um, and I was like, you know what? That's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, seemingly convinced, Cersei immediately offers terms. Satisfied that Daenerys is concerned with the army of the dead, Cersei will not withdraw her troops, but will guarantee that they will not hinder the Targaryen or Northern forces in any way during the battle against the White Walkers. And she refuses to deal with Daenerys at all, however, and calls on Jon Snow, the king in the north and Eddard Stark's son, to keep the truce. Because if there's anybody who can keep a truce, it's Ned Stark's son. Um, and I appreciate that even Cersei knows that. You know? Mm-hmm. Even Cersei's even though, like, even though that, that we killed your father uh, in um, main stage in front of everyone, uh, I, I still know that you're, a, you're still that honorable that you'll be a man of your word. Yeah, it's like it's no, crazy. And then it, it, it reminds you of the conversations conversations that Cersei and Ned had at the beginning of the show, like in season one, when they would meet in like the gardens and they'd have their conversations and he'd confront oh. her and he'd be too honorable. He'd let his hand go. Uh, and like this, this is exactly, exactly the same, bro. And it's just, mm. it's so good. <laughs> it's so fucking good. But uh, yeah, it reveals... To all assembled here, uh, John does, you know, he wants, he, Cersei wants him to stay out of any and all conflict in the future between her and Daenerys. The North cannot take part and you'll get your, you get it. You've seceded, you know, like you're good. The North can be its own kingdom. You stay the fuck out of it though. Mm-hmm. Um, and John honorable as can be says that he cannot serve two queens mm-hmm. and reveals to all assembled that he has already declared for for the Targaryen army. Infuriating all three Lannisters there. Um, and Daenerys. Yes, um, yes. And kind of everyone. Uh, every, like, it was kind of, kind of the wrong answer for everyone. Everyone was like, oh, dude. Like, oh, like why'd you have to say that? Like, can you just lie one time man yeah um and yeah but well and it's just like it's one of those things where he's ned stark's son and he can't lie but if he knew that there was like one major very honorable lie he told um that's true even ned stark lied um for the right reasons you know Mm -hmm. uh yeah so like well, that's told to lie. It, it, technically, he kept a promise. He kept a promise from his sister. So, like, it's not like is is it a lie? He's lying for the promise that he's keeping, sort of thing. So, that's, I mean, yes, maybe I, doesn't. I, I don't think that negate. I I think the word lie has a naturally negative connotation. Um, mm-hmm. but he did. He did lie. Like he he didn't tell the truth. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's, and I don't think it was strictly the, a bad lie. Uh, but, well, what's uh, the line of like step stepfather? Like uh, he's not the father. 
Uh, he's not. He's not the stepfather. The step, he's the father who stepped up. Stepped up. Yeah. It's. Um. I don't know. And you have like, you know, not to say that that uh Rhaegal, Rhaegar, Rhaegar. Uh, would have been a a bad father. Seemed like a cool guy. Um. And all, but but uh, we know Ned is uh pretty chill. Uh. And, it's a great dad right and, there. And, and really really cool. But. So, well, and I mean, like in a in a in a perfect perfect world. Rhaegar and Lyanna getting married probably could have actually solved the conflict instead of spurring it. Um, it was literally just Robert's ego and just Robert's Yeah, kind of that, Robert being like, oh, you don't? Like, I want the the girl... So I'll start a war uh, yeah. because of that. No, and I mean, um, like they needed to rebel against the Mad King. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but at some point, there should have been some sort of peace terms with Rhaegar at the head, kind of being like, "Hey, I'm pretty well renowned as a good dude. What if we made some sort of alliance, mm-hmm. huh?" Yeah, and that's that's why it'd be very interesting to see the the prequel to this show you know i guess house of the dragon is a prequel but the the emit prequel um, no yeah because i mean like this we've we've witnessed this with all sorts of stuff within this show even is that their understanding of history is just that just an understanding there's nobody who knows the truth of robert's rebellion besides like a few people you know like uh that's yeah dang i guess like there's like so it was the facade there's was, all sorts of shit that like, could have happened that gets gets told down the line. That's just not true, you know. The classic history is written by the victors, so it's just mm-hmm. you know how much can it's, we believe, etc. Yeah, it's all the Mad King. Like, is that like what people think? Is that it's it's all because of the Mad King, and they just needed to rebel against yes, him? Yes. And and frankly, that would on its own be enough. Like that is yeah. enough. Like if you want to rebel against the dude who wants to burn everybody good call do it um but the next line of you know you would follow the line of you would maybe just kill the current king you know but then it would but you know they do show that nor like uh westerosi lords at all nowadays hesitate to trust any targaryen so Mm. maybe they're worried that rhaegar just cannot be trusted he is the mad king's son after all um yeah, I guess that would be kind of hard. And nobody um, listens to women, so Liana being like, "No, he's a good guy," wouldn't fucking matter. Um, so, you know, war. Yeah, it was inevitable. Um, Twas going to happen. But yeah, I just like to, you know, it, it, imagining that John grew up in the home he did mm-hmm. with a father who cared about him and taught him really, really well. And a mother who fucking despised him. I can only imagine how much better he could have turned out with a loving mother and father. Because um, mm-hmm. he's already great. He could he could have been he could have been even greater. You know, uh, arguably. I don't know. Maybe that adversity was something he had to overcome. I don't know. You know, there's all sorts of shit. Nature versus nurture. Who the fuck knows? Uh, but uh, regardless, <laughs> sorry to get off on that tangent there. No, it makes sense. Uh, I mean. Uh, who knows? He could have turned out more stuck up if he knew who he was, and you know. So maybe his his childhood is 
what made him who he is. But, the persona um, of, you don't um, like to think that, you know, you don't want to think that like, oh, you have to go through hell in order to to become literally die. You have to actually die uh, in order to become the man you are today. But probably would have been better. Yeah. If, if the marriage was just allowed and uh, or not secretive and and he wasn't a secret baby. But baby, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't those know. secret baby. Regardless, you know, there's all sorts of stuff. I think that y- you made a good point about him not growing up spoiled. You know, growing up uh, like the Viser- like or uh, Viserys. Option, you know, uh, uh, no, not Viserys. That's House of the Dragon. Uh, Viserion. No, that's the dragon. Oh, it is. They're both also Viserys. Viserys is the third, second or third. Yeah. Um, Um, I don't think John would have been like him. I think he's a different level of stuck up. But I feel like may I don't know maybe if he knew he was Aegon, like the true heir to the Iron Throne. I think that gets to anyone's head. You know, he's like a Tommen. I feel like he'd be uh, like a Tommen at his age, at a younger age, maybe. Mm. Um, Yeah. No, it's it's always interesting to kind of contemplate that sort of situation, you know, because. You know, Tommen was not the rightful heir, though. Mm. Yeah. So he wasn't brought up. Okay. Okay. Like, I'm true. going to be king. That's you fair. Know? Uh, so mm. that's that's just like all those sorts of things also come into play for me. You know, it's just kind of like, damn. If yeah, if he is the it, one true heir, cool. does he turn out as good as? Because you go from being the absolute first fucking option across. Everybody in the entire world, you are the first option for the next one to be the king of everybody. Um, that gets to you a little bit. In the north, the last option. Like, it's not even a fucking chance That's, in yeah. his mind. You know, so like there's just like the way you're brought up with that mentality has gotta be gotta have a yeah. Yeah, he was going the other direction. He was like, I'll go, I'll join the wall. I'll uh <laughs> I'll take the black. Uh, that's, that's what I want to do, so, damn, yeah, uh, a Game of Thrones what if series could be really cool, yeah, uh, no shit. what if, no shit. what if Bran um, didn't, you know, what if Jamie didn't, I would get a only like a Game of Thrones what if series if it was, like, written by George R. R. Martin, mm. like, yeah. he decided what would happen if things went a different way, you know, uh, hmm, yeah, we need to, we need to have someone sit down, George, and just ask him a bunch of what if questions, and then we just need to make a bunch of animated episodes. Yeah, and um, who knows? Of, maybe he, he maybe he'd be like, well, that wouldn't happen. It just happened the way it happened. You know, like so. You never That's know. True. But regardless, yeah. um, we'd have to rewrite it all. Yeah, after yeah. this, after John's honorable ass is like, yeah, no, I already swore towards Daenerys. So sorry, uh, Cersei's like, okay, very well, no truce. Uh, if it if it's just you guys, uh. We're good. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to leave. War's on. See you guys later. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Cersei storms out, content to let the Starks and Targaryens battle the undead alone and then deal with whoever emerges victorious from that conflict. And desperate, Brienne grabs Jaime and begs him to reconsider as what they've seen goes beyond such petty reasons as houses, honor and thrones. Coming and from Jaime, Brienne, that's ooh. you know, that's like for real. You know, yeah. the most oath, oathful or oath keeping person yeah. in the show. Um, Fuckos, basically. Mm-hmm. She's like, forget it. You know, 
Like this is there's something coming. That's Brienne's way of yeah. saying fuck the queen, you know, yeah. right now. Fuck these queens. We're we gotta yeah. live, man. Um, and he's like, you have to say something. She's like, you have to say something. He goes, what would you have me say? You yeah, know, like he's like very clearly terrified of Cersei, which is uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I th- yeah. I think anyone and these would, little yeah. glances, you know, when Brienne shows up and glances at Jamie, Jamie locks eyes with her, locks eyes with her. Cersei looks at Jamie, Jamie looks at Cersei, and he kind of goes, mm. "Does the little, uh, like, oh uh, shit! I hope I'm not in trouble for that." He <laughs> observes them talking to each other, uh, and he's like, "I gotta fucking go. My sister yeah. wife wants to beat the shit out of me." Uh, oh god yeah no it's it's great and whenever Tyrion gets gets up there he's like yeah, no I was talking at her not no I, I couldn't actually get any words in she wasn't listening to me yeah. um I was the one being talked to uh but yeah no I <laughs> Cersei's not the yeah not the one to uh to mess around with um anymore uh, no she, not at yeah. all but uh, uh all the while Daenerys and Tyrion Tyrion, never having learned of John's change of heart in the first place, had no idea. Nobody knew he'd declared for Daenerys besides Daenerys. It's not like he was, you know, it's just mm-hmm. hysterical. I love, I love him. I love how honorable he is. Stupid as fuck. I love it. Stupid as fuck. Um, he's like, I, I gotta say, man, you fucked up there, Tyrion says, and I got it. You know, he suggests that, you know, learning to lie just a little might be a good, good skill. And there's mm-hmm. points out if they leave without an alliance, everything they've sacrificed, including one of her dragons will be worthless. Um, mm-hmm. and John, and John delivers kind of a bar here, uh, almost, almost a line, uh, that I went with. Um, I didn't write it down, but I, I, I liked, I liked whenever he was like, you know what? Like, I, I can't like, I, if everyone lies, then like words mean nothing, you know, it's mm-hmm. like words stop meaning anything. And we all, you know, we just, we all got to start living this way. I don't know. He, he was, uh, something along those lines, but just the part where he was like, you know, no one is willing if, to speak the truth and everyone's word is worthless and lies will not help them win. They mm-hmm. come fight. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, still, yeah, maybe not the right decision in the time. Yeah, Tyrion's but, like, you know what? Maybe you're right, but the more pressing concern is that we're fucked. We're fucked, um, dude. He's like, shit, uh, we are fucked. And Daenerys is like, yeah, no, yeah, we, we kind of are uh, right now. Um, yeah, and- Tyrion's like, I'm going to go talk to her. And Daenerys and Jon are like, no, that mm-hmm. is stupid as shit. That's even stupider than what I just did, Jon <laughs> says, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're like, Cersei's probably gonna kill your ass, and Tyrion's like, "Yeah, but she'd certainly kill any of you." Yeah. Uh, I yeah, John being like, "I'll go talk to her." Yeah, I'll go talk to her, and he's like, "Oh no, she will one hundred percent kill you, John, uh, especially <laughs> right after what you just did." Yeah, and... like you're stupid as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tyrion, yeah. he recognizes he stands the best chance. Um, <laughs> it's the only way if they don't want everything they've done to be for nothing. So Tyrion takes off and heads for the Red Keep, where he is escorted by Sir Gregor and meets Jaime coming from the other direction, who confirms that he believes the threat of the dead, but has been unable to convince Cersei. 
and he only accomplished talking at, at her until she denounced him as an idiot and threw him out of her office. Um, and Tyrion uh, quips that he is the bigger idiot of the two brothers as he's about to willingly enter a room with a woman who has tried to kill him twice that he knows of. Um, and Jamie, aware that this could be their final meeting, wishes Tyrion luck before stepping aside to let Tyrion enter Cersei's office. And thus, my favorite scene of the episode begins. Uh, it's been like a while since this this was pretty consistently one of the highlights of the first four seasons were one-on-one -on -one conversations between Peter Dinklage and Lena Headey. And mm. to get that for the first time <clears throat> since season four, it's been almost 30 episodes since this last happened, at least. Um, yeah. And it, uh, a thing hit me this watch that it he's wearing like the hand of the queen thing you know on it you know for Daenerys obviously um but I I feel like in this situation if Tyrion did not kill Tywin and it Cersei knew that uh, it was Olena that killed Joffrey I think Tyrion is her hand like I think that like that would be who Cersei would choose even like she still hates even him, she but like him. I think like I think maybe would be her hand because is it currently kyburn is kyburn the hand because he's the master of whispers is i guess like yeah they don't really have a, a the yeah, true small no counselors counsel a lot of double double dipping um even triple dipping at some points but um it, it kind of was like least percy kyburn and jamie they do everything yeah you know um, and the mountain's just there uh he's just kind of like yeah. a drone um you yeah know, at, at this point but yeah, no, I No, if there's, there's if there's anything this episode proves it's that there's something holding her back from 1000% holding nothing in her heart but hate for her brother. You mm -hmm. know, like he's when he walks in there and he's like then do it. You yeah. know, and and has hat stands in front of the mountain is ready to die, you know, <laughs> like uh <laughs> And whenever, yeah, I, that moment, oh my god, like, Lena Headey, I'm glad she, that, like, you're getting, or she's getting a performance yeah, now, because it was incredible. Like, just the, like, her, like, like, teeth kind of, like, yeah, like she's, gnashing, like, contemplating yeah. it, like, like I, oh, I want to do it, but, like, fuck, like, damn, yeah, I can't, no, like, like so I can't I, kill I my brother right now. I think you're 100% wrong, you know? I do think that uh, Tywin... Killing Tywin throws a wrench into things for sure. Yeah, no, um, like that's that's permanent. I don't think there's any coming back from that. But um, just with if Tywin died of you know either maybe cause. at war yeah. in battle, not by Tyrion, um, I think that he would be her hand. And it was kind of cool seeing like he is kind of advising her as a hand right now. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's kind of more of like a out of desperation for Daenerys, you know, it is like, Hey, like we, you know, we're fucked. We, we can't have this be the current, you know, we can't leave yeah. like this. Um, but also it's kind of like, Hey, like you will have nothing, like nothing will be here. And I think this scene puts the pregnancy, like in, if it's up in the air to rest, I don't think she fakes this to tear. You know, I think this was like, she was getting worked up. Um, and like, I think it was this, like she's pregnant. Like there's no, yeah. It's not a, a play just to get Jamie back on her side. I don't think I, I think 
this is the the thing hold like that she's holding on to. She is like you also don't think it's a ploy to get Tyrion to trust her. No way. Is she that? She would. That's why I'm but like, this, I, I think that they do a this, really good job. Felt like, too I real. disagree with the idea that it puts it to rest. I do think that it can aid mm. either argument, though. Like, I do think the Jamie interaction, it's definitely up in the air because it's like mm. very quick right after she's like, never betray me again. You know, it's like, okay, a little, little weird, you know, but there was that moment they had and it was nice. But this felt like when Tyrion like was like, you're pregnant, she was like, I don't know, like the, the reaction. It, it was already emotional. Um, already they're talking about, you know, Tywin being dead, her kids being dead. No, I loved those kids. You know, I did. Like, there's a bunch of emotions going around, and like, and she's. It, it felt like I, I don't know. Uh, it, it felt more real, like way more real. Than I can get. I can get with the Jamie. I can. Um, just uh, you know, her love for her children is the one mm. thing Tyrion has ever believed Shoot. from her. So if she agrees. To go north to defend the future, he believes she's doing that because of her kid. Oh my god. No, that is that that would be the perfect reason. So he's like, if she says she's coming north, she's coming north. We're good, you know? And then she's like, no, I'm not gonna fucking do that. You know? So like it's it, it, again. Your your logic makes sense, but I don't think it mm-hmm. puts the idea to rest. Right. It's not one hundred percent. It's you know, it just um, it might be leaning more towards that she actually is, but it. But yeah, it, there's it, still that like, is she? You know, like uh, that's so, and I don't think damn. they ever do anything to confirm that. You know, um, yeah, because I mean, she definitely doesn't get far enough along. Yeah, I mean, we're uh, this show's ending. We're almost there within, yeah. within a month. <laughs> so maybe two. Well, I mean, the travel up the King's Road takes months. They go all the way back up to Winterfell. That's where we start next season. And, you know, they're not really observing the logic of time during this, um, during these last two seasons. Um, oh, uh, I guess with hard writing. Um, so I don't know what that means. Um, you can get there in 18 days, um, I guess, is is the the fast travel. Um, yeah, I think hard writing is just like they are fucking horseback, just walking <laughs> it the whole way. OK, yeah, yes, they've got so. a, they've got like. Hundred thousand in numbers, uh, marching up the King's uh, Road. Um, yes, uh, in season one, uh, Cersei says to Robert, "We've been writing for a month, my love. Surely the dead can wait." Um, so about okay. a month, maybe. A month. If you're just taking, so, a, taking a then stroll. let's say. Bef- I mean, like that means it's like two months before the end of the show from this point, because they mm-hmm. go up north. They're there for like a week. Defeat the Night King. So she comes would out. start to show just like the slightest baby bump, you know. Yeah, she would not. I, she would not so... be showing, showing. Mm-hmm. She, but she yeah. would be. She would be a little bit, you know. Um, maybe she knew uh, she. Maybe that's why she came up with the lie. She knows, like, 
if 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 this is all true, then I'll be dead before uh, I'll even start yeah. showing. So, uh, okay, wow. Um, no, but I'll regardless, be- just this whole interaction, you know, Cersei mocks uh, Tyrion's affection for another foreign whore who doesn't know her place. Um, and Tyrion quips that Cersei yeah. must be frustrated. Daenerys isn't someone she can beat, abduct, or intimidate as she did before, and Cersei changes tact, angrily blaming the murder of Tywin for the series of events that led to her younger children's deaths, and Tyrion being like, hey, Tywin deserved to die, uh, but you know I loved your children. I, I They were they were so dear to me, I, I loved them, and uh, almost as much as she did, but and she regret, he regrets what happens to them, and he attempts to call Cersei's bluff, claiming that if Cersei genuinely blamed him for their deaths, then Gregor should kill him right then and there. Uh, and he steps up to the mountain. Cersei thinks about it. Um, Gregor lifts the blade a little bit, and then nothing happens. Um, Cersei refrains from giving the order, and relieved, Tyrion heads straight for the wine, shaking <laughs> as he pours himself a glass. Um, yeah. He's and like, they continue ah, their discussion. The good stuff now. I don't know. I don't know if, if the, the, the better wine is in Essos. I don't know. But like, I feel like this was him kind of being like, Finally, I get the good shit again. You know, like the the shit I've been used to. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, but... I take it that Dornish is like the ideal wine in the world. Like that's the best shit. Um, that makes sense. They got all the good shit down there. Um, so yeah, I, I believe that. Like that. But um, uh, hmm. yeah, no, no, it was. Funny. He had straight for the he, wine. Percy's performance in that too. moment and his his performance in that moment also very good. But uh, Tyrion loses patience. You know. Uh, he, Cersei angrily accuses Tyrion of plotting to bring down House Lannister with the help of Jon and Daenerys, and Tyrion retorts that he didn't know Jon had sworn allegiance to Daenerys, and that without his intervention, Daenerys would have raised the Red Keep to the ground with everyone inside it. Hmm. He's like, hmm. I can assure you that if I was not here, important note, he says, if I'm not here and she's not listening to me, she would burn this bitch to the ground. Uh, and mm-hmm. well, she eventually does. Um, yep. Yeah, she does. Um, Cersei being like, okay, well, what the fuck then? I thought you said that she's like chill or that she's going to change the world. And, he, and, uh, and he, you know, he says, I do think she will. Uh, and Daenerys knows herself. That's why she elected me as her hand. She selected me because she knew I'd curb her worst impulses. Um, Mm-hmm. Unlike Cersei, who freely indulges her worst impulses without a thought, and Cersei retorts that her only interest is protecting those she cares about, musing if Euron didn't have the right idea to flee somewhere safe with those who matter. At which Tyrion realizes Cersei is pregnant. Mm-hmm. But then, back at the Dragon Pit, we get a really well photographed conversation between Daenerys and Jon, uh, discussing the dragons, their their little one on one in the corner, you know. I like the idea that everyone else is just kind of standing there, that like they just kind of keep looking over, like what they got going on, what the, what they cooking yeah. over there. Uh, yeah, that's a king and queen right there. That's a big, that's I a like big that. combo, you know. This, uh, this was a an act, uh, like a a scene. It's short and sweet, but it was a scene. Good. Uh, good. Um, uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Potential uh, here. Um, and I don't know, it, it is kind of like yours, uh, you said, it's just back to those conversations, you know, one-on-one, and the best of the best usually was, uh, between Peter Dinklage and Lena Headey, uh, it's just, you know, you can't get much better than that, but, but I love, I loved this little moment here, you know, they're, um, you know, Daenerys being like, hey, you know, I'm, 
I'm cool. Like, I'm glad. Like, thank you. I like what you did, man. But like, still, I don't know. Um, like, and, come on yeah. now. Um, yeah, I love that. Uh, I love their chemistry. It's an interesting chemistry because I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's the best chemistry these actors have had with anybody by any means. Mm-hmm. I think Kit Harrington had better, better chemistry with Rose Leslie naturally. Um, yeah, they're married. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, but I also think that Amelia Clark had better chemistry with, uh, Michael Huisman, uh, as Dario Naharis and, uh, and, and stuff like that, you know? So there's, there's this interesting, almost like, because the chemistry still works. It's almost like they're just kind of accepting that this feels inevitable. Like they're just kind mm. of like they're flirting, you know, yeah. while still being a king and queen, you know, like they're still they have to maintain appearances to a certain degree, but when they let their guard down a little bit and let that slide through, mm. uh it it feels really really good, you know, whenever uh <laughs> you know, she they they kind of they kind of you know, they nag each other a little bit. They're like, eh, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, they discuss the dragons and how our ancestors caged them and in turn became less impressive as the power of the dragons waned. Um, and mm-hmm. just a couple Targaryens talking about dragons. And John questions Daenerys's assertions of infertility, particularly when she admits that she never got inf- an yeah. informed opinion about her condition from anyone except a witch. Um, where my line uh, actually comes in uh, here, you know, Daenerys even says kind of like she doesn't believe it herself, but she says, you know, you know, who told you this? Who told you you're infertile? She says, the witch who murdered my husband is the way Daenerys puts it, which I think yeah. is hilarious. And then John uh, says, well, has it ever occurred to you that she might not have been a reliable source of information? <laughs> um, you know, a little maybe, you know, is, is this him like just being honest and being like, hey, well, you know, I, maybe you can, or like, hey, do you want to try, you know, sort of thing? Yeah, like, you, no, I take it um, to be more of a, like, I think that he's, I mean, they're clearly, they're clearly clicking. They have, mm-hmm. they have a lot of chemistry. I think that they know, they know that. Um, more than anything, I genuinely think this is an altruistic choice from John. I don't think he's trying to be like, let's give it a shot. You know, I mm-hmm. think, uh, you know, they just talked about how it's like, hey, don't give up on that. Those are yeah, like her children. And he's he's just trying to be like, May- maybe it's possible, you know, maybe don't mm-hmm. give up all hope because the witch who killed your husband said it's impossible. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> true. Yeah. Just. But, uh, OK, I see. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I but I, I see it can be an angle like the oh, angle. Yeah, of for sure. being like, And uh, I think it I, is for the audience. This is mm-hmm. another one of those allusions to something that with six episodes left can't fucking pay off um yeah that's why like i think the line from daenerys her saying the witch who murdered my husband like i don't think she would put it like that it's just it it sets up the line from john Mm -hmm. you know to make it deliver harder but like i I feel like i don't know i feel like daenerys wouldn't put it that way um that she would like because she actually believes this you know she actually maybe I don't know. Maybe she's, she's in denial kind of or it's kind you of know, like a fearful th- she doesn't want to go through that again or mm. you know there's a, there's a whole lot of things that that it could be. Yeah, um, no. I think but, she's kind of conceding that it does sound ridiculous. You know, she's like uh yeah, the witch hmm. who murdered my husband, you know, like uh 
She's okay. like, like she knew no what John was going to say. That yeah, is she like, who told her that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's yeah. just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the witch who murdered my husband. That's who told me that. Um, All right. Fair uh, enough, John. Yeah, touche. Right, John. Shit. Um, uh, but yeah, this is just another example of one of those lines that clearly I feel like is meant to set up their thing mm-hmm. um especially given the end of this episode feels even more like they're trying to go like they're gonna have kids they're making you know, a baby like they're going yes they are making a baby uh starts and, being pregnant here as well or yeah, maybe a lot you know like right no like yeah. they're it's just fascinating to set up all these threats frankly I don't I didn't want that. I didn't want Daenerys to be pregnant with Jon's baby. I don't I don't desire that storyline. I don't think it's necessarily uh the correct way to go where they're at at this time. They undeniably though set up threads for that's what they were going to do. Yeah. You know, like yeah, they, that is Maybe it is not the right time, you know. That's definitely true and i think both of them would would kind of see that it would have to be kind of like well we're just in love we fucked she's pregnant and then like all right we we got to deal with with it now Mm -hmm. um but i think they would both want to wait until all of this is over and that's again like they're setting up stuff like you told we discovered this like last week or two weeks ago i can't remember that the last season was confirmed to be six episodes they announced these two together Season seven and eight. They were like, season seven yeah. is seven episodes. Season eight is six episodes. We're doing this thing. Why the fuck are you setting up stuff that's going to take way more than six episodes? Yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe for, to th- you know, red herrings, maybe to throw people off or, you know, to. Because don't even really pay off in any capacity. Because that's the thing is that, like, the the reason it like took over so much i feel like is because everyone and their mother was trying to guess how the show ended like i mean like i've never seen people gravitate towards how a show is going to end more than anything like everyone was putting out their theory like and then like george r R. martin saying oh yeah i've seen one of them's right uh like on reddit uh yeah one of you got it but uh, you know, I, I I don't I don't you know he didn't say which one obviously, and I feel like that just just threw a fire into it. it's like oh yeah, someone's got it out there we uh, we got it you know we got to look at it no yeah and that was a lot but, of fun and um, like and I do think that it's undeniable that in these last two seasons they are leaning into that mm-hmm. hard maybe a little too much yeah exactly like a lot too if, much if maybe. that is if that is how you are if you are writing the show based off the idea that we again. Happened all fucking season with Sansa and Arya. If the if the only reason you are writing things the way you are writing things is to subvert expectations, it's got to serve some sort of grander purpose that that subversion of expectations, especially in a situation like this. There's not even remotely a payoff for this whole thread of the story where they're like. Uh, have you ever considered that maybe she's she has hammered that home this season? These are mm-hmm. my children. I will never have any other children. John goes, maybe you're wrong. Maybe you will. That is possible. And there, and then so everyone goes online. 
oh, Daenerys is going to be pregnant with Jon's baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The only fall or follow through with it is that they have sex, but she was having sex before. Um, it's not like you can only have sex if you're wanting to have kid. No, oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it but is. That, a, it that is a weird that theory. Then that's what that like. That's not yeah. even. That's not even like a payoff. Like, that's just they're laying the seeds, and then they're taking the next steps. Yes, like, exactly. Of, of and it. then and, yeah. that dies on the fucking vine, which is. I mean, like I, I mm-hmm. di- again, I didn't want that storyline. But if that is what you are writing, fucking write it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's just been like the one I've appreciated Daenerys and John and season seven storyline over there a lot. I've liked it a great deal. That has been the one thing mm-hmm. that's been like disappointing to kind of come back to is just being yeah. like, y'all are not. I mean, because they even. I mean, historically, the show has been like Targaryens do this. It's fine, you know. Like, uh, this is how Targaryens get down. They have kids. They get married. They, they, they do this. So you have that in mind at the end of the episode when it's revealed as they are having sex. So it's like there's just all this stuff that's like they are going to have kids. They are going to get married. They are going to be king and queen. Yeah, uh, and. At a certain point, subverting, like, none of that happens. Subverting expectations that quite Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Daenerys ends Um, up dead and Jon becomes a wildling. Yeah, I mean, like, literally. he kills her. So, mm -hmm. like, uh, that's. Maybe killed her and a baby. Um who knows? Yeah, maybe Daenerys was actually pregnant. And that would have been even um, more. That would have been even more devastating. You know, they yeah. don't even they don't even slightly allude to the fact that that might be happening. So, like, nope, because her body, Drogon just takes her. Mm-hmm. See you later. She's just who know who knows. Maybe maybe they're you know the goal was to do the same thing as Jon. She has to die as well. She'll be resurrected and then this is how she can have a baby again because I don't know the you know well, I don't like know but like so, not going to be accomplished in a you know 7 yeah, episodes six episode in 6 season. episode season. Yeah, so, like yeah. that's why I'm like you can write all this if you have any intention of following through on it. And in 6 hmm. episodes that was another concern. Remember going into the last season and going, how the fuck, how the fuck are they going to conclude this in six episodes? Yeah. And then by it's episode three, you're like, Oh, you're like, Oh, we're here. We thought this would be the finale, you know, like, uh, and then you're like, how the, f- what, what the fuck else? Where else are we Especially going? You know, like, consi- and I appreciate like a couple of my favorite episodes of season eight are the first two episodes. Because they give you time to breathe. They are all set up. They are all build up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all that gets paid off in episode three. And then you go, oh, wait, we spent the first half of the season doing kind of nothing until the winter, until the battle of Winterfell. And then you go, oh, my God, how the how the it's... fuck are we going to wrap that up in three episodes now? You know, so like it's just yeah. all sorts of shit that it could not have possibly been wrapped up in the time they wanted to wrap it up. Um, not satisfyingly or not, Definitely not well. Not. Um, cause I generally, I like the ending. I generally like the outline of what happens. I do recognize 
However, especially the closer we get, it is not very good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, especially not uh, the level that we've we have been getting like it's it is noticeable taking the time to watch every episode weekly and and dissect it this much it's it's become clear that like it is we are on the downward trend for quality um that we're that we're used to getting and and it makes sense the further and further they get off off book the further you know of just having that much material yeah they're they're just on their own and and, it, you know, I'm not saying that it's the easiest thing in the world to wrap up the storyline. It's probably incredibly difficult to wrap up, at, you know, how many storylines they have going on. I, it's an incredibly difficult task, but some of the decisions are just kind of like, really, that's where you decided to go. That's, I don't know, a little strange, but. Yeah. Regardless, regardless, it's, it is what it is. Um, but. We'll continue with the breakdown. Sorry to we've gotten on a few tangents today. It's been fun, but uh, it's it's a very talkative season. You it know, is. it, it is. is. I say, you know, the the closer we get, I I fear for how long some of the episodes at the end of the show are going to be. Um, yeah, but it's the end. You know, it's yeah, this. This yeah. is what we've been waiting for. Exactly, um, we're we're That's there. Right. After the enemy delegation has left, an eager and relieved Jamie meets with his commanders to discuss the logistics of moving the army north. He's like, great. This is what we're doing. It's wonderful. We've got it all figured out. Let's go ahead and head on up there. Um, and Cersei enters the map room and asks what he's doing. And he's like, all right, everybody, you go ahead and get on. I'm excited about this mission we're going to embark upon. Good job, everybody. I'm so excited. Let's fucking do this thing. Maybe we can win. Maybe we can win. Uh, and then she tells Jamie, you really are a fucking idiot. Wow. Aren't you? Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> how Jamie's dumb are like, you? Uh, huh? What? Oh, yeah. And of course, he's like, he's still being like, an idiot, too, which is funny. Like to Cersei's like, uh, what? Huh? Mm. No. No way. Uh, but, uh, you know, shocked Jamie listens as Cersei explains that Euron has not abandoned her, but has gone to Essos to ferry the Golden Company back to Westeros. And she intentionally leaked her pregnancy to Tyrion, so he would believe her. And now she intends to allow their enemies to exhaust themselves against the army of the dead. Uh, wow. Look at that. She intentionally leaked her pregnancy so, so that he would believe her. I mean, that's. Now, I she mean, could it is be, a breakdown, you know, this is, this yes. is coming from somebody, but like, again, she could be lying about that pregnancy. So Tyrion believes her. She could be telling the truth about that pregnancy. So Tyrion believes her. Yeah. yeah. Like, Hey, I am pregnant. Uh, believe me. Okay. Yeah. I see. It works. Yeah, like, I, I it guess could, again, way, but... it could go either way. It could be that like, she is pregnant and she knows this will mm-hmm. help Tyrion believe him. She's just using that to her advantage. She uses truth to tell lies. That's something she's. Like, I'm pretty sure they've expressly said that um, she is an expert at using truth to tell lies. Um, so that that would be a very major example she of that. played the game of faces with Arya, you think she actually would do well? Like, you, um... see, that's why, like, I will say, I will say the closer we get. Again, to the end the more I would have really, really loved for Cersei to go out in a different way. To not buy a bunch of rocks, just mm-hmm. crushing them. Yeah, by I like someone. The idea of it. I like the I idea heard. of it. You know, she's buried under everything that 
you know, she's worked so hard to get. So now like, that's just it. I, I like the idea. Um, Who's the name of the top the of Arya's list, between, man? I love I the last know. moment between Arya and the Hound, though. That kind of pays off Arya not killing Cersei. Whenever he's like, uh, do you want to be, do you want to die for vengeance? Do you mm. want to be me? You know, is that is that what you want? And her kind of being like, no, I don't want that. And he's like, then fucking go and mm. leave. Because yeah. if you stay here, you will die. Like, that's a great moment. A fantastic payoff for a wonderful duo, a wonderful storyline. But you saying, like, if she played the game of faces, you know Arya's dramatic as shit. The way she would have killed Cersei would have been... I don't know what would have happened. I don't know. I I don't even think she would have put on a face. I think... I don't know. Maybe she would. I don't know. But, like, like imagine she, she comes up in Tywin's face. You know, she comes up as Tywin. Yeah. Just to freak the fuck out of her. Or, you know, I don't know. She just goes in the crypt. She just digs up Tywin, just cuts off. Well, I guess it's probably, I don't know, not. Right, I think decayed by now. Maybe you got to get it when it is fresh. I don't also know how Also, probably how that works. Uh, Ash. Oh. Oh. <laughs> You're right. It did blow up. Right, yeah, it would have been buried in the sept. Okay, yeah, true. Um, they are gone mm. now, so, yeah, no choice. No, but yeah, that, like, but... regardless, like. You say, Dang. like, I I can only imagine, like, Macy Williams approaching Lena Headey and being like, I'd like to play a game, you know? And the game mm-hmm. is, you t- like, and maybe it could have been a, a last chance for Lena Headey to have her Aiden Gillen in this episode moment. You know, like where she all knows. the facade, yeah. mm-hmm. all the stuff drops, everything, all's on the table. But, like, that's the other thing is that I don't think that would be in character for Cersei. She would... I think she'd face her death with pride in that situation. Um, now, when it comes to the way she does die, being alone and vulnerable with Jamie makes sense. Uh, but I think she would kind of be fuck you in the face of Arya, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's just interesting. It's a, again, just a what if that could have been really, could be really interesting to think about. But uh, yeah, Jamie listens as Cersei explains all this and, uh, they're, you know, they'll face against the army of the dead, then have the Golden Company clean up what's left of whoever wins in the North. And Jamie is furious that his sister and Euron plotted behind his back, but Cersei angrily accuses him of plotting with Tyrion in favor of her enemies. And reeling from the accusation, Jamie incredulously reminds her that someone is going to win the battle in the North, regardless, and come south afterwards. If the dead win, they will add the defeated Stark and Targaryen forces to their numbers and kill all in their path without mercy. If the living win, the realm will know Cersei left them all to die and will march out to settle the score. Cersei, however, is indifferent. Finally, seeing his sister for the power-mad narcissist she truly is, uh, he, he, you know, Elena Tyrell's warning rings in his ears. You know, she will be the death of him. And Jaime disgustingly declares that he at least will fight to honor the pledge he made. And when he tries to leave, he finds his way blocked by the mountain. And Cersei furiously insists that she will kill him as a traitor if he tries to leave. And this was a moment where I'm like, given where Jamie's story does go, I wish she would have killed his ass right here. Really? Yes. Oh, I guess, yeah, because it, it does. No, knowing suck. what happens, mm-hmm. he, like, it would have allowed Cersei to die alone. That's why both of their deaths suck. 
like like it's like it they both suck like I, like they both yeah. are just and done Jamie's, in the way Jamie sucks because of what happens before you know like like it's like he seemed to be like done redeemed we're done I'm I'm out you know um so that sucks but then like this this moment is undone by him returning to King's Landing and negating the the love he feels for Brienne and um, mm-hmm. and so. Given where Jamie's story does go, the story we know to happen, I would have loved to steep Cersei even deeper in this psycho madness she's got going on. Yeah. By letting the mountain kill Jamie. Yeah, um, to show Daenerys being kind of the psycho, but with, you know, uh, advisors and with people to tame her intentions she's not a psycho like cersei is i don't think you know if she wasn't well i mean we do see what what she is when she is alone so maybe but um and then showing cersei you know on the opposite side of the coin someone who doesn't who is completely unchecked and has all the power and and i don't know it would have like they have so many really cool uh, like dyads it's like cersei and and daenerys are like a like a dyad right now um and it is really really cool like one Maybe they're both pregnant. We don't know. Uh, we're we're right, throwing right. that up in the air. One is evil. One is unchecked. One is you know all these these cool things. But yeah, the end is the end. It is what we have. Yeah, no. But like that's the thing is that like also I say that I would have liked for her to kill Jamie here, but then I'd be talking about how it's kind of inconsistent with the fact that she didn't kill Tyrion earlier in the episode, and it'd be like uh... imagine we get both of them in one. Oh man, just yeah, all right. Yeah, kill. sure. I'll kill. Um, swipe, and then she's. I guess at that moment, maybe if she does kill Tyrion, she's way more likely to kill Jamie in this moment. But I mean, um, I'm not gonna lie to you. Tyrion's got great. The, Tyrion's got great moments in season eight. He's got a great conversation with Sansa down in the crypt of Winterfell, and he does. He leads the council at the end. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, I think we could probably do away with Tyrion in this episode too. I like that he makes Dang. I love that he makes it out. Oh, man. I do. Um I, I appreciate that he makes it to the end of the show. I appreciate that he becomes, you know, like he's he is one of the leading councilmen of Westeros. I'd much prefer that to him dying here. I'm more talking about what would be quality versus Dude, what I if he died um, here, it would throw a huge wrench into shit. Like, and it would, do and you it start the war? You know, like, do you stay there and mm-hmm. take over King's Landing, or do you go back north and actually fight the fight? You know, do you stick with John and like, you know, what? That would be crazy if Tyrion died here. Actually, ooh, if Man. Tyrion died here, what happens in season eight, episode five, doesn't happen. And here's why. Daenerys would literally just burn the Red Keep to the ground. That would be all that happened. She does That would have been nice. The, she she eventually does burn the Red Keep down, along with plus a little bit more fifty you know, to one hundred and... square blocks King's Landing. Um mm-hmm. just a little bit more, you know. Maybe maybe she went overkill a little bit. Um, no, and I know I'm playing a lot of the like, oh, if this was a completely different show, if something completely different happened, like, it's just fun to, I'm not saying I know better or that anything would necessarily be better. Um, yeah. And we have the, I'm just saying like ideas well, that but... could have been fun, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, again, 
I, I guarantee they thought Tyrion. this was good. You know, they yeah, no. they're not like uh, they and this, know what and shit. And for the time, it. for the time, this is good. A lot of what I'm saying is given what happens in season eight. You know, yeah. like yeah. at this very moment, the show has not lost its step yet for my money. Not completely. You know, it's it's slow and looks a bit, good. The performances yes. are yes. all still there. Like, yeah, Absolutely. nothing is. And, it and is that never, never really, those things never really go away. They always perform. They always look good. It's just the writing is slowly treading down the downward path. And I think that when I'm thinking of like, oh, this would have been interesting to do. It is because of what ends up happening. You know, if season seven concludes and we lost both Tyrion and Jamie, because I will say one of the other critiques I understand for season eight is that not enough. Oh, not enough happens death wise. Like it's a relatively happy ending. Um, I know it's not ideal. There's a lot of sad stuff. Daenerys dying is obviously the yeah, gut check that you do not want. Daenerys, but, Cersei, Jamie, the Night King, Jorah dies. Yeah, Melisandre. The Hound. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot. Don't get me wrong. Those are those are all yeah, noticeable yeah. standout but... deaths. Now, Cersei, inevitable. Nobody thought Cersei was going to live. Nobody thought that was going to live. Mm-hmm. Jorah, the Hound, expendable. They're important, sure. They are, they are key characters who are probably going to die. You know, like, the deaths that do happen are kind of like, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I guess Daenerys um, is a little, you know, Daenerys, Daenerys would be is the, the one, one wrench, like, I would say. Yeah. And Jamie mm-hmm. is also a wrench, and it's because they decide to completely flip his arc and kind of go, never mind, fuck it. Uh, you know, like, because uh, <laughs> yeah. where he's at, even at the end of season six, I'd say his death was inevitable. At the end of this season, I would not say that, you know, like it's just kind of like the way mm-hmm. the way the, the tides change, you know. Um, so Daenerys is the one example of someone who I say, like. That is the shocking death. That is the death you did not see mm-hmm. coming at the end of the show. You knew it was possible. You didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, now, if the only major players left on the board at the end of the show are the Starks. Are John, Arya, Sansa, and Bran. You do still get a relatively happy ending. That would be kind of cool too. It's just the Starks have it all. And mm-hmm. like the the people who just run Winterfell at the beginning and got put down and were just getting crushed ended up being at the the top at the end would have been and they cool. they mostly did anyway you know they mostly mm-hmm. did anyway that doesn't change much Brandon Bran is king the Sansa yeah. succeeds uh, John goes north Arya goes west like all that can still happen um hmm. instead of. Uh, It's just, it, it, just given what happens in season eight, I think that losing Tyrion and Jamie at the end of this season would not have been as terrible mm. as it might have felt at the time. Yeah. You know? I like my boy Tyrion, but I think you're onto something here. This would, yeah, don't would get me wrong. Really... Again, 
I maybe for six episodes though. Tyrion living. Yeah, with six episodes left though, maybe not. You know, I think if he does die, there's got to be a lot. The Night King would have to die in the finale. Like I, I, there, there would have to be more that happens right then and there if Tyrion dies at this moment. Like that, or it is just a hard decision to have to still go north. You know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, to just be like, all right, yeah, we lost him. It's but we have to keep going. Um, yeah, no, what but, they do, what they do in the wake of Tyrion's death here is a different story. You know, I think that Cersei raises King's Landing or not King's Landing to the ground, but the Red Keep to the ground. I think she'd destroy the Red Keep, um, but I don't think she'd destroy the city. I don't think she'd go full Mad Queen. Not in this mm-hmm. moment. Um, yeah, because she still has people. Uh, yeah, exactly. Still, people there's are still in their There's a chance that if Tyrion dies here, John and Daenerys Left. end up being king and queen of of Westeros. They could have really taken it right here. Yeah, like they really could have. And I guess that's that's the whole point of Daenerys is like she could take it if she wanted to by force at any at any time. But it's it's her willing not to, mm-hmm. and you know. Um, but yeah, no, so mm, who big knows what if what there that's the a, armies a big what how if. those how the battle plays out after they burn King's Landing to the ground. Does the Lannister army even really desire to fight for Cersei anymore? Is that something they just feel like they have to do? So do they drop their arms as soon as as Daenerys does all that? Probably. Stuff. Yeah. You know, so I don't like again, I don't love getting lost in the uh well what if they did something completely different, you know? Um Lost in the what if sauce. Yeah, no, like, I, and that's why I'm saying ultimately what I'm saying is not what they should have done. What I'm saying is not necessarily a critique. I'm just saying that given what happens in season eight, yeah. there are things, there are steps that could have been taken with a little more foresight. It does feel like they kind of went, we'll figure it out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But, you know, yeah, regardless. It's still. Yeah, a lot of hate talk, but still like, still very good television. No, yeah, don't get me wrong. Day, you know, I like, love um, the show, and I, yeah. I, I even love this. I loved this episode. It was a good episode, and I enjoyed the shit yeah. out of it. Uh, and I like the last season. I like this season. It's just, uh, yeah, there's there's an unquestionable drop off in terms of, again, foresight and quality. Like it's just like they did not know where they were going, and it shows. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Jamie calls Cersei's bluff at at him dying at Mount, at the mountain's hand and Cersei does not give the order. And alone Jamie rides out of King's Landing having discarded his Lannister armor in favor of rougher and less recognizable traveling garb. And realizing how conspicuous he is, he nervously pulls a glove over his golden hand. As he does, a single snowflake lands on his glove. Jamie looks up and sees snow begin to fall from the gray sky carried by a chill wind. As Jamie rides away, the snow begins to cover King's Landing, the streets, the houses, the ruins where the great sept once stood, the little skulls in the dragon pit, and even Cersei's map in the red cape. Winter has arrived. It's cool. Cool just to, cool. it's just snow. That's it. And that is all it is, but winter just has this such a, a grand meaning in this show that even just seeing snow is like <gasps> winter is here. You know, it's like I don't know, it's it's like you're just saying that in the back of your mind, but all right, well, yeah. first location down, we got four to go. So we're at Winterfell next. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're only an hour and a half deep, so 
um, hour and 40 minutes yeah. deep. So we got this. Uh, at Winterfell, Sansa Stark dis- discusses the potential threat of her sister Arya with Peter Baelish. And Baelish tries to manipulate her as usual, encouraging her to think as he does. He tells Arya to ask herself what Arya's worst pos- possible motivation is. And seemingly overcome with horror that the thought that Arya would want to take her place and reign as Lady of Winterfell, seems that De- Sansa has decided to do something about it. To Baelish's delight. Mm-hmm. And after a long time reflecting on her course of action on the battlement, Sansa orders Arya to be brought to the Great Hall. And in the hall, Sansa and Bran are seated at the Great Table, the hall lined with Stark and Aaron men and a few key lords such as Jan Royce and, of course, Littlefinger, who is watching the whole thing with a malicious little smile. And Arya is brought in and asks Sansa if she really wants to do this. Last, last chance. You really want to do this? It's okay. I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, like, but if you're down, like... I have the thing. means. I'm really down to do this. Yeah, like, I'm uh, ready. I've been wanting to do this a while. Uh, Sansa mm-hmm. replies, it's not about what she wants. It's about justice. Uh, Sansa, I will also note, as much as I said that I do not love the storyline throughout the season, the things I do love about this ending mm-hmm. are because of Sansa's handling yeah. of it. Oh, uh, oh, so sure. Sansa is my character of I the like episode. Um, uh, I like that. Cause even, even that little, when she was talking to Littlefinger before being like, you know, what, what is, what would she like to do? You know, what is her worst motivation? What is her worst possible motivation? Uh, she's like, Oh, she would want to kill me. <gasps> that means she would be the, she would take Winter, over Winterfell. Winterfell. It's like, I've never, I've never thought of this. I, it hasn't even crossed my mind yet. Littlefinger, you're so smart. Thank you. And it's like, Thank like you, this, you've helped me so much. Like if this was done before in the storyline, making it kind of like that obvious, like, and still this isn't even that obvious of them like playing against them. But like this is is way more in that vein that would have been really cool to yes, see like more absolutely. of this before. The way they handle um, this is the opposite of what I've been saying. Not given mm-hmm. what is to come, but given what has happened. This is immensely better than the way they built up this story. So, like, Mm -hmm. I do appreciate the conclusion overall. Um, But, yeah, Mm -hmm. Arya, you know, she she proceeds, Sansa proceeds to rattle off a list of crimes perpetrated against House Stark. You know, you are accused of murder, treason, conspiracy. Uh, Continues, continues, continues. Long laundry list of crimes. She says, how do you respond to these charges, Lord Baelish? And looks across the room at Peter. I love the melodrama Ooh, of it. I love yeah, like... the melodrama of it. Like uh, the, the whole just, like, I felt like you could hear like a soap opera, like, like piano yeah. cue, like uh, when she uh-huh. looks over at Lord Baelish and he kind of looks up and he's like, my lady, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're... I don't about. believe I understand. Um, <laughs> and uh, Throne, Littlefinger tries to figure out what is going on. And Sansa reveals his murder of Lysa Aaron and his use of Lysa Aaron to murder John Aaron, which perpetuated the cycle events which got Ned Stark, my father, down to King's Landing. Uh, she uses his own words against him and accuses him quite correctly of orchestrating the conflict between the Starks and the Lannisters that has ultimately engulfed the Seven Kingdoms for the better part of the last decade, including mm-hmm. the betrayal and the death of her father, Ned Stark. And Baelish tries to deny, you know, this, this is untrue. None of that is true. But Bran, 
has something Rand else to say. is there, uh, and he literally knows everything. And if he wants, well, maybe not yet, but if he wants to know anything, he can. Okay. Um, and I love he's he's just the encyclopedia. Like he is. It, it, there's drama and whatever, and there can be drama of like, oh, let's figure out and try to investigate. But Brand can just be like, oh, I can just tell you. Like I could, I could tell you. Uh, it's like yeah, you everything. held a knife to his throat. He's like, no, I did not. You said I did tell you not to trust me. Those were your words, correct? Um, yeah, like, and yeah. Littlefinger can't really say much to that. He's kind of like just. He's I like, like how Bran has this like gariness to him that everyone's like, oh, I can't hide. Yeah. Yeah. You like know, like, like uh, even Sansa and Arya, like whenever they realize they're like, oh, like, like, okay. Like it's like a, oh, like it's very well, uncomfortable. Yeah. About it, regardless of how useful it is or how, um, how Bran might use it for good. Mm hmm. To know that nothing you have ever done is safe from being seen by Bran yeah. is scary. You yeah, know, it's, like uh, it's like, you know, and people talk about like, oh, your phones listen to you or like people are looking through your webcams like Bran's a whole like he sees everything. He's, he's all like, of that. Literally, like th you can unplug and put a cover over your webcam. You can do things to like feel a little bit more comfortable, but like. You can't hide at all uh, from Bran. Uh, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. That'd be a, a like a horror. Like if he was like the lead of like some horror. Like that'd be that'd be kind of that would be, be scary. horrifying, man. And like yeah. the and there's a combination of things here. You know, uh, the realization that he's lost control, uh, but also just that idea that he can't. He is not safe. Uh, Littlefinger loses it. You know, uh, mm -hmm. Baelish demands that Lord Royce take him. The Lord Protector of the Veil to safety, and uh, Bron you know, Jan Royce refuses him with the words, mm. "I think not." Yeah. And uh, in desperation, Baelish falls to his knees, pleads for his life. Please, I've loved you just as I loved your mother. Uh, and uh, Sansa, unswayed by his pleading, sentences him to death, and promises she will never forget all the lessons he taught her. Sharing a look with Arya as Baelish tries to speak, Arya walks up and opens his throat. Mm -hmm. uh, with the same Valyrian steel dagger that was used at the heart of his plot. And Littlefinger bleeds out and slumps dead to the floor, the northern and veil men and women watching dispassionately. At long last, the War of the Five Kings is officially over. You know, like, uh, as far as who the Five Kings were and who spurred that conflict and what transpired there. Oh, wow. None of none of them are left. None of no remnants of that conflict remain. I guess good old Lil what John or Robin Aaron? Yeah. Uh Robin Aaron, yeah. Damn, he's the only one, the only fucker uh that's still alive. Made it out at yep. the beginning. Uh, but as far um, as the people at the center of that conflict, Robert yes. and Ned and uh Littlefinger and Rob and Joffrey and Balon and wow. nobody left. Nope. It's Stannis, Renly. Um, Shit. Yeah. Everyone gone. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. It is over. Ah. Um, now does... there's still a remnant conflict from that conflict. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Very much yeah. so. 
Uh, it never, never stops. Uh, never. Peace. Never does. I don't think, yeah. Might be an illusion in a world like this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. But uh, on the battlements, Sansa and Arya discuss Littlefinger's plots and how much they, as people, have changed. And Arya tells Sansa that she wouldn't have been able to survive what Sansa did, which I appreciated this little conceding. Um, and Sansa disagrees, which I appreciated even more. Uh, saying Arya is the strongest person she knows, and the sisters muse on an, on one another of their father's sayings about how lone wolves die in the winter, but the pack survives. Ah. And they realize the truth of his words is their remaining family needs to stick together. Oh. Just one of those. Anytime imagine, that imagine we could have they... been getting that the whole season, you know, like both sides, them playing Littlefinger and this, you know, being like, how we're getting them so good, aren't we? Like, ha, look at this fucking idiot. Uh, remember dad and all of our good memories? Remember when we lived here and we were young and we hated each other, but now we don't? Like, I don't know. The one storyline that's just obviously bad this season, and it's just, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad Littlefinger is dead. Uh, it, it is a good twist like to to get to but i just hate getting there yeah uh, the whole process is just it, it's painstaking it's not a good time it's not even that well done uh because it's just subverting expectations for the sake of subverting expectations um mm-hmm. but, but this moment was nice between it was it was it about. was wonderful and that's why sansa ultimately pulls down my uh my favorite character of the episode um I like that. But uh, sometime later, Samuel Tarley and Gilly arrive at Winterfell, and uh, this is a this was an interesting little beat in the story because there's a lot of stuff Samuel um hasn't learned on screen that he says here. No, no, just in general, like the idea that Samuel would go directly to Winterfell implies that he knows John is the king of the north and implies that he knows. And I'm sure he does. He's been at the Citadel like he he probably knows all this, but. Oh, they've I never see. they've never That's shown true. us Sam learning this stuff. He just arrived at the Citadel. And he's been basically in a void of information ever since he never even knew John died. Uh, he didn't know John left. He didn't know John left Castle Black. Mm. He didn't know John fought the Battle of the Bastards. He didn't know John took the seat of King in the North. He didn't know John went south. Like as far as we knew up to this point, he didn't. Know I see. Yeah. But then I this see. is like him being like, "Oh yeah, I kind of learned. I he at least learned that John became King in the North." Um. Okay. I see. Yeah. Now. Um. But yeah, him heading. I guess him heading straight to Winterfell makes. The most sense like oh, i guess where else up. that is where, where he would he go. go yeah um but yeah I, I guess that is true it is a lot of a lot of stuff that just probably would have happened on screen if if they had more time yeah. i'm in more well, for sure but, but uh regardless you know like it, it, it is what it is um not really a critique or anything just an interesting thing i've noticed is that sam hasn't been learning anything about anything and at least on screen but uh, Sam calls on Bran, learning that he is back, recalling their meeting at the Night Fort some years earlier. And Bran is glad to see Sam, but is surprised to find him here. And when Sam reiterates his loyalty to John, Bran, unable to keep it a secret, reiterates his lo- uh, uh, unable to keep it a secret any longer, reveals the truth of John's origins. You know, he's like uh, he was born to Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark at a tower in Dorne. So he's not a snow; he's a sand. <laughs> 
That's all. That's so simple. That's all. That's it. That's it. That's uh, that's everything. You know, uh, he was not born in the North. He was born in the South. Therefore, he's John Sand, not John Snow. Uh-huh. And I think it's hysterical. So fucking funny. Absolutely hilarious. That this is a secret Bran is completely and utterly incapable of containing to Samuel Tarley. Yeah, he's he's like the ultimate. I mean, imagine you have all the gossip. All of it. Any gossip you want, you have. And like, he can't go anywhere. He can't do anything anymore. Gossip is all he has now. You know, like talking, that's all he can do. Um, so no, this, like, and I, this I, is I, the I love biggest. This yeah, I this love is the reveal. biggest. Team. It always makes me very happy. Um, <laughs> I do think, uh, the expository esque nature of the build up to the reveal is hysterical. Like mm. the fact, like it's it's literally just so funny to me that Bran is like, he's not a snow. So he he's is a not a, and that's snow. a huge deal. That is mm. that is a deal I can't wow. get over. I have to reveal that to um, somebody, you know. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and and Sam being like, oh, actually, um, when I wasn't listening to Gilly at all, I remember the small detail that she she told me. Uh, there was an annulment. Um, you know, like I love how he he actually remembers this, even mm-hmm. though like this he thing just he blew off completely uh, mm-hmm. when it was when it was actually fifteen thousand three hundred eighty seven shits. Yeah. You know, he's he's going off. Yeah. Um, but... No, but regardless, I I do love the reveal. Sam re- realizes that the uh, <laughs> that that isn't true either. Recalling an entry from High Septon Maynard's private journal about annulling Rhaegar's marriage. Uh, Bran expressed his doubts, but Sam reiterates the private nature of the journal and encourages Bran to use. He's like, whatever you say you can do, and how about you do uh, it? Um, can you verify? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, damn, you're right. Shit. Right, <laughs> Sam. Uh, you know, it's like, literally, that's how he does. Like, it's it's just how he Shit. functions. Yeah, that's now. It's like, oh, damn. Yeah, no, that's yeah. happening right now. Uh, like, so it's like, uh, it's, and it goes to show like his limitations, though. I think it's like so he can't. He doesn't actually know everything. He has already. to seek out the information. Has, yeah. It's not like mm-hmm. it all just comes to him. Um, yeah, but so, accessing that information is incredibly easy. You know, like yeah, it's just it's, it's just a matter it is of, just oh yeah. Let me actually check that, um, and then it's like oh yeah oh I was actually just there. I literally saw it happen. Yeah, you're right. Easily finds um, the wedding where he sees a happy Liana. Wedding Rhaegar in a Faith of the Seven ceremony before a heart tree. Heart tree. Really? I think it's also a werewood, though. I think that I think it has multiple names. Um, heart tree. Yeah, let me click hmm. on heart tree real quick. Yeah, uh, heart tree is the yeah. center of the godswood. It is a werewood tree. Okay. Okay. That. Same yeah. It, that's okay. So just multiple names. I think there are, I think a heart tree, a werewood tree becomes a heart tree when a face has been carved into it. I think that is what that was implying. Ah. Um, so the weirwood is just, yes, it is the species of, of that's tree. what it is. Of heart tree. tree. Heart is, tree is. Because a god's wood is typically made up of a bunch of weirwood trees. But mm-hmm. there is a heart tree with the face on it. So. Seven seasons deep, and we're still learning things. So, uh, wow. 
Wow, yeah, still taking us forward. to school, Bran. Um, yeah. Warging forward to the Tower of Joy, Bran finally hears Lyanna's dying words, which for some reason he couldn't previously hear. Um, or Yeah, that wasn't important before. You know, he was right there. He did see he that happen. Like, but hmm. he's like, ah, I'll, I'll leave that a mystery. You know? He's like, ah, I'll come back for that. My, uh, aunt's, but, uh, my aunt's dying words, not that important, probably. I don't uh, care. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, but now... Piecing the truth together, Bran declares that Rhaegar never raped Lyanna. She loved him and ran off with him and bore him a son. Jon Snow is Aegon Targaryen. And there's a really, really good little acting choice by Isaac Hempstead right here that shows just the the tiniest flash of emotion. Mm. Uh, his voice slightly breaks during this yeah. monologue. Um as he realizes the Robert that Robert's rebellion was built on a lie. His cousin was raised as an illegit raised illegitimately, but he is truly the heir to the iron throne. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bran was taken back by him being a sand. Um, and he's like, this is the biggest thing ever. I have to tell someone and then got a, way bigger ball dropped on top of that it was like uh well let, sam sam was like well bran let me do you one better um and let me change the scope of your entire world view mm. um, yeah, yeah. to parallel that on the narrow seas sometime after setting sail john knocks on the door of daenerys's cabin and she answers and meets his gaze without words after a moment he enters and with her eyes still locked shuts the door Unaware of the truth of John's heritage, the fact that they are biologically aunt and nephew, um, they finally give in to the burgeoning passion between them and consummate their relationship. John's just got that fucking donk going. Um, unknown mm -hmm. to both of them. <laughs> yeah, Tyrion. donk. Yeah, um, just, just a man. You know, it's like it's uh, it's something you've wanted to happen for the whole show. But then you learn. Parallel it with the reveal. Yeah, and then you're but like, ah. You're like, ah, man. Now it just doesn't work. Um, it just it sucks the air out of it a bit. Um, mm. But it only fuels those theories, you know? It only fuels those ideas that's like, well, they are Targaryens. So naturally, they're going to get it going. They're going to keep it popping, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Uh, Regardless, unknown to both of them, Tyrion had also been on his way to speak with the Queen and had seen Jon enter the cabin, silently concerned at the possible implications of what may occur. And Tyrion silently walks away. Oh, I always thought this was really weird. Like, Tyrion... Just... I don't get it. Yeah, like... It's kind of... I don't know. Uh... They don't do enough to make it clear Tyrion's in love with Daenerys if that's what he's concerned about. Um, I don't think I don't he think is. that's it. I don't think, I don't that's think he it. is either. So, where's his concern? What is like? He if anything, about? this is like uh, he already pledges allegiance, and like this is just it. Just makes sense. This marriage, like, just makes sense politically. Like, anyways, like this is actually just a win. I think like a win-win 
Um, That's why his expression doesn't make any fucking sense. And he was literally talking to her before last episode. Uh, We have to uh, start talking about your line of succession. Who's going to be, you know, how are you going to make an heir? This is how you make an heir. Uh, You have to make, you know, it's like everything is falling perfectly into their hands. And he's like, they've even had a conversation previously about how, you know, uh, they are not the only men who have loved you and they they will not be the last men to love you. Talking about Dario and Jorah and like, so like. I is don't he get enough it. With her then? Yeah, that's I guess my thing. Maybe. Is that like if he is, they're not doing enough to be like, oh yeah, he he loves her, um, and I think he does. He does love her. It's not like it's like a. Yeah, I don't think it's a romantic longing that he's not holds even like a Jora. It's not even no. like a Jora type thing. It, it's more of just how can you not love Daenerys? You know, yeah, exactly. like he. So I, I, that th- this this little cut has always confused the shit out of me. I don't. It's like a cuck thing. Like, it, it, yeah. that's what it feels like, you know, the most. Like, that's the thing I'm getting the most out. And I'm like, it just feels so weird and strange. I don't, I'm like, I don't love it. And, like, this uh, this has no – there is nothing after this or before this that impacts this scene for me not liking that little bit of it. That is just, like, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, this I is why, like – Tyrion being a secret Targaryen somehow, maybe, you know, these are all Targaryens and, and, and he's, Tyrion would be, I don't know what that would make him, John's brother or uncle or Daenerys's brother, but then it would be an aunt and a nephew fucking and then the brother or uncle watching as well. So maybe that's the idea is that he's a secret Targaryen and it's this weird ass Targaryen. I just, uh. Yeah, but I guess I don't know what expression. To... The thing is, I don't think you should cut to him at all. Yeah, I just think it should just be the sex scene and that's it. Then like close the door, show the two actors having sex and then there you go. Um, yeah, I don't I don't entirely get it because I was trying to think of like what expression would be on his face if he saw this happen. It wouldn't be excitement. You know, it wouldn't be like. Yay, you know, it, it, like it, it also I, it, wouldn't be deep concern. Like a, Maybe like a like a like a nod yeah, like thoughtful okay yeah. like like a this could work or like a or I don't know like not bad you know like he just he sees him walk in and then he just instantly walks away and he's like okay um, that 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 is kind of the only emotion that makes sense to me but uh, yeah very strange turn uh, is bizarre because even if you think of the implications for the kingdom. This relationship can only do good in theory. Who is a better? Who? Who? Who can be better for her right now? Um, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. Um, You're on. But like, I'm not like I'm talking like not as a guy, but like just as pure allegiance, like alliance marriage. Um, I guess you're on right now. What he can provide. Yeah. Um, Um, Which would be that's, maybe that's Tyrion's, uh, you know, his, his hesitation is, it doesn't make any sense. No. Um, Regardless, we're going to backtrack a little bit. I wanted to give that little bit of information out, uh, in parallel Mm -hmm. with the reveal. Um, but, uh, on Dragonstone in the chamber of the painted table, Daenerys and her court discuss logistics. It will take the Dothraki a fortnight to reach Winterfell, and the plan is to have Jon and the Unsullied cross the sea by ship and meet them at White Harbor. 
Jorah Mormont points out that the North is not really safer for her than anywhere else, as someone with a memory of Robert's Rebellion and an idea of becoming a hero could easily take her out with a single crossbow. And he suggests she fly to Winterfell to avoid any potential unpleasantness. And John counters that Daenerys has to ride in with them so that the North can see her as a liberator and an ally. And after a moment's consideration, Daenerys decides to sail to Winterfell with John. And Jorah, suspecting uh, a different reason for her decision, <laughs> throws her a look, which she notices, but avoids. And uh, after the meeting, Theon talks privately with John. He tells John that even when they were growing up at Winterfell, John always seemed to know the mm. right thing to do. And uh, John explains, you know, no, that's just not the case. I've done a lot. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've I've done things I regret. And Theon replies, not compared to me, you haven't. And confides that he has always felt torn between the Greyjoy heritage and his stark upbringing. He tried to mm -hmm. do the right thing, but was uncertain about the right step to take at every turn. And John, while angry about Theon's betrayal against his family, tells him that their father, Ned Stark, was more a father to Theon than Balon ever was. However, John relents and tells Theon that he never lost Ned. Ned is a part of both of them. And Theon is both a Greyjoy and a Stark. He says he can forgive Theon for what what is in his power to forgive. And Theon confines that when he was Ramsay's prisoner, his sister Yara tried to save him. And he asks his leave mm -hmm. mm. for to to go get her. Okay, I didn't I didn't quite notice that. Um that's that's awesome. Not serving Daenerys, serving John yeah. there. Yeah. Um but no I uh, this is the start of my performance nod uh for Alfie Allen. Uh, Ooh, yeah, good he, choice. Uh, he, it, I think Lena Headey. I, I, I mean, she's just par for the course for her, um, and and she. I'm very glad she's gotten gotten it from you. But she, I mean, Alfie Allen here, like, just the, this was an, another scene uh, potential here. Uh, the conversation between John and and Theon, um, just to another really good just conversation between two people, uh, mm -hmm. two actors bouncing off each other. But um, I really love Alfie Allen. Like this, this part of him just just having this conversation here, and then what he goes on to do, the, like physical oh, yeah. acting and and oh, crazy like shit he, he has to do. Here. I I love uh, Alfie Allen as an actor. He goes under the radar every single week that mm -hmm. we cover the show because, like I, I've said this before, but if there was a number for the amount of time someone has been second. As far yeah. as like who who's he's, like, he's oh, like I didn't want to go I wanted to go here but like if I didn't it would have been Alfie Allen he's he's washing everybody in the number of second place yeah. nominations I mean he's um, he's tied like he has four now uh, after this one and it mm -hmm. ties him with uh, Nicolaj Coaster Waldow so our boy Jamie and uh, Liam Cunningham Davos so he's in good company strong company, strong company. Um, um, yeah. Um, below Sean Bean and Macy Williams at five. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's not yeah. like he's, he's super, There's just super a lot loved. of love to go around, you know? Um, yeah. Lena Hetty uh, at 19. Um, <laughs> at so yeah, that's, that's where, that's he's where gonna, she sits. She's going to snag. She's going to be the only person who snags a 20 piece, which is insane. Yeah. Amelia uh, Clark's at 16. So she would have to get, yeah, four, four more. And she will um, get one guaranteed. She will get one. Maybe uh, a double. Yeah, maybe, man, that might be yeah, a, maybe a double up, okay. you know. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it Lena Hetty will get twenty. That's yeah, for sure. That's insane. Uh, Amelia yeah. might get there. Yeah, Theon returns to the remaining Ironborn, Ironborn who continue to uh, regard him with disgust. Theon tells his men that Euron has a sister and that they must go back for her. And Harag shuts Theon down, declaring him a coward. 
and proclaims that they are going to go where they can rape and pillage as they usually do. And Theon reminds them that Yara has forbidden their old ways, but Harog threatens Theon and begins to assault him, telling him to stay down. Although he is knocked down, Theon barely reacts to the blows as he has experienced far greater pain in his life. Mm -hmm. He gets up to attack, but Harog continues to beat Theon again, insisting that he stay down or he will kill him. And Theon once more defies him and attacks Harag, who grabs Theon and kicks him several times in the crotch. However, we learn it wasn't just a... It's, it's root and stem going on down there. Uh, you know, we, yeah. we, we had the conception that maybe it was just... Uh, ah, you know, okay, it's, it, this it's, does confirm it. Okay, yes, there we yes. go. It, it is all gone. Yeah, I love how this is the turning point in the fight, though. That yeah. uh, is just like a, huh? What? Yeah, and he's like, oh, he does it again. Right. He's like, this should work. Um, like, it's funny. Uh, but Theon smiles as he gets the upper hand, smashing the <laughs> captain's face practically to a pulp and beating him into submission. The other like, Ironborn finally all over his face, too. Yeah. Like the, Theon's yeah. blood just dripping all over him as he's like screaming Real at him. Fight like, club Ooh. shit. Ooh. Ah. You know, yeah. like, uh, yeah, that yeah. shit. It's, okay. it's terrible. Um, yeah. But uh, accepting Theon and his mission. They prepare to set sail. Theon wades into the sea to wash his wounds in salt water, embracing his identity. Good Hell turn, yeah, Theon. Theon, man. Hell you know, yeah. like, uh, there was a point whenever, like, it's kind of the opposite between... Actually, no, not quite the opposite between him and Cersei. Like, first time I watched this show, I want Cersei to fucking die. I want that... I want her gone. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Theon, I want him to die. I want him gone. No forgiving this motherfucker. Uh, now I'm like, you know what? He's done more than enough to repent. You know, this is, he's good. We're, we're set. Um, yeah, but, I'm uh, chill. I'm chill with Theon. Um, he's, he's cool. And Alfie Allen just, he's man. so good. Yeah. A, an underrated, I think, actor on when it, when it comes to the grand scope of the show. But, but uh, we'll conclude the episode at the wall. Tormund and Beric Dondarrion review the defenses atop the wall at Eastwatch by the sea, and Tormund remarks that the crows said he'll get used to the heights, but he admits it'll probably be a while. And suddenly, the pair sees the movement at the edge of the haunted forest. A white walker emerges atop an undead horse, followed shortly by a horde of whites. More and more white walkers emerge as the night watch, night's watch horn sounds three times. However, the army of the dead stops some distance from the foot of the wall. And Tormund looks relieved, despite their numbers. The dead won't have any, don't have anything they could possibly do to get past the barrier. They can't do this. They, they we're, we're good. We're good. Yeah, we're we got this. Um, and then, uh, the wall in horror hears a heavy, familiar sound. The screeching yeah. roar mixed with the heavy thumping of huge wings. And suddenly the undead Viserion swoops down with the Night King riding on his back in a burst of bright blue flame. Viserion demolishes some of the scouting platforms atop the wall and then turns his flames against the wall itself. Realizing they have no chance against this, Tormund shouts for all of them to turn and fucking run. Um, mm -hmm. And Tormund and Beric watch in horror as the entire eastern extremity of the wall collapses under Viserion's breath and crashes into a sea. Leaving a gap between the wall and the sea large enough for the army to cross. A road now open to them. The White Walkers direct the Whites to begin their march into the north. And Whites and Giants and other monstrosities march in the thousands. South. Great war has begun. Yeah. Uh, luckily, Tormund... The fucking Tormund... war 
and this moment mm. is ridiculous. And then the score dropping out. And then you just hear the fucking screech of a White Walker, like, onward, basically. And then it, it fucking kicks in again. Dude, electric, electric shit. I remember watching this was a, I remember watching this and coming to school the next day. Mm. Monday, August, let's see. Uh, Would have gone to school Monday, August 28th, as this premiered August 27th. And everyone yeah. just kind of being like, I don't. I don't know. He just did that, you know. Like, I think we were all kind of in denial of him having a dragon, you know. And it's like, oh, they won't use it until much later, you know. That won't be a problem. It's Last a, ditch it's, effort. It's a, very, it's a very much problem right now. No, um, that's immediate. It, that's happening. That's yeah, he's like, oh, I can, uh, le- I can get south now. Thank you very much. Uh, really curious to what he would have done without a dragon. Um, I don't fucking know, man. But, um, but man, but yeah, this... ahead of rating uh, this episode and the season and giving our season's favorites and breaking down our, uh, uh, you know, new numbers going into the final season, I did want to try something new. I'm going to do our plugs now. Uh, I had a good mm-hmm. idea uh, that. You know, once you finish the episode and people understand your cadence and they know where you're going, you go ahead and dip. I do. Uh, I know that's what I do when I listen to stuff. So um, ahead of an important part of the episode, I might add, there will be more after this next 30 seconds. Um, you know, if you, if you didn't know, we're on YouTube now. You know, if you only listen to the show and you dip out before I break down our plugs. You can watch us. You can watch on YouTube. You can subscribe on at, at look up Penny Bloom podcast. We're there. You can watch us instead of just listen. If that's your thing. Uh, that was the main reason I wanted to get this in. Uh, I wanted to let you know that that is possible. You can follow on TikTok at Penny Bloom podcast. You can follow on Twitter at Penny Bloom pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom podcast. If there's anything you want to say to us, hit us up on any of those platforms. Let us know what you think. Ask us questions, ask us stuff. I would love to hear from you. Um, but uh yeah, that's that's greatly appreciated. Uh, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash penny bloom pod, where for three dollars a month you can support the podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. So huge help. But with that, we can get into the rating and uh and that, mm-hmm. that section of the pod. So how are you feeling about this episode on a scale of one to ten? Um, well, you know, all the bad stuff that we did hate with the Sansa and Arya stuff is kind of good now. Um, and seeing all of these characters together in one place is kind of crazy in its own right. A lot of crazy things are happening. And then really good one-on-one scenes, I think. I mean, this one was pretty enjoyable. Um, I don't know if it's, if it's quite like a 9.75. I mean, it, it, it's upwards of 9, I think. I think I'm like 9.25, um, a 9.5-ish. The, the end definitely gets me going. And I'm, 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 I'm like all in. You know, I want to start season 8 so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, at, right after finishing this, but I, I had the restraint. I didn't. Um, but I think I'm I'm, I'm pretty high uh, enjoyment wise uh, for this episode. Yeah, I'm I'm doing decent. You know, uh, a lot of the concerns I did have are related more to what comes next, less so than what mm-hmm. this is. Um, and so therein, I think a nine two five is about where I come down. I think I'm above a nine, so I'm cool with a two five. Yeah, if you're cool with that. Yeah, last episode was a nine. Uh, we gave 
uh, a nine for the the penultimate. Yeah, I, I, think say, I definitely like this more than that one. Yeah, for sure. So okay, um, critically, I think that it is a little bit better. We gave a six uh, critically last episode. Um, I think we are we are upwards of that here. I think they did end the season pretty well. I had a decent um, gap, you know. Um, yeah. I do. I, there were still things that were expository and goofy and mm-hmm. melodramatic, and some of those things I appreciated. Um, mm-hmm. Ultimately, I think this is a good episode of television, and I think the floor for that is an eight. You know. Um, yep. We gave that to Eastwatch episode five. Um, we gave an eight critically. Um, so that's before they set off. Yeah. I, it's kind of around there, I'd say as well. Maybe it just kind of ties it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd even be willing I'd to say bump a little bit better. Great yeah, character a little bit. interactions. Mm-hmm. There's uh, some yeah. stuff we haven't seen in a long time. Um, yeah. Some great. Uh, I'll give D and costumes some here. Shit. Yeah, yes, I guess the, the visuals and, and costumes. Um, yeah, maybe give that, uh, give it a. And bump. I will give D and D some credit here. That conversation between Cersei and Tyrion is extremely strong. Uh, anything with Cersei in this episode was actually very yeah. strong in terms of dialogue and maybe, yeah, all, maybe even eight five. Um, I don't know. I think yeah, they, they, maybe you it does. Want, I think it does. You want to take yeah. it there? I'm cool with that. Uh, I'd also be cool with settling for an eight two five. So either way, maybe, I'm maybe cool. we meet in the middle there. Maybe that does sound a little better. An eight two five. Eight two five. It's an eight five eight overall. An eight five. It's an eight seven five overall. Um. Eight seven five seems a little high. Uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm trying eight, to compare it to eighty six. Previous... I mean, it's an eighty six or an eighty eight. Um, you know, percent. Um, yeah, no matter what, this would make it the weakest but... finale of the mm-hmm. show. And I, um, I think that is definitely true. I do stand by that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it probably will be the weakest finale of. Well, I think season eight will probably beat it out still. Um, the finale. It'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't in know. In my head, I think enjoyment-wise, I'll be able to tell you I liked that more. The critical evaluation is the part that I'm excited to revisit. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, how and I'll that is the more important part. Um, yeah, that yeah, is exactly. the the more weight, weight section. So weight that heavy. So okay, uh, it will be interesting. It will be interesting. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's a it was a again, the fact that this is the weakest season finale of Thrones. Is fucking insane. You know, like this is a great episode of television. Mm-hmm. So, like, wow, yeah. just shows how good the show is, man. Um, but uh, do we want to okay. do? Uh, let's let's talk some season favorites after mm-hmm. I rattle off the new numbers Ooh, for the totals. Okay. Are those all updated? Are we all are we all set? Yes, there? yes, we are. I did all right. Yeah, one thirty four. Top five for character um still reigning supreme john snow is sitting atop the list with 15 mm-hmm. daenerys comes in second with 11 oberon martell and Tyrion lannister are tied for third with 10 the hound comes in fourth oh, with nine and aria at fifth with eight wow they were tied but now the hound the hound went up one on aria now okay um there we are. But yeah, so yeah, that's the top five right now heading into the final season for character. And then acting wise, no no differences here. Lena Hetty still reigning supreme at the top with nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amelia Clark sitting at second with sixteen. Kid Harrington sitting at third with fifteen. Peter Dinklage at fourth 
with 11 and Sophie Turner at fifth with eight. And that just, that list just makes sense. You know, um, being Cersei, John, Daenerys, Tyrion, and Sansa. There you go. There's the core and the core of the show. Um, Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Um, but yeah, how, what about this season? Who are, who are your favorites when it came to overall? I think character, it's probably just gotta be John, um, this season. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of people who, who could be close. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just liking John a whole lot. Um, no, I don't think I can go with anyone else. Yeah. I'm just going with him. I mean, him, like the lead, just leading everyone. He's, he's like, he's fully like a leader now. And he's not like scoffing it off as being like, Oh, I don't want to be a leader anymore. He's like, he's doing it now and he's good at it. Um, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe he still doesn't want it, but, um, he's, he's doing, doing his job and still, you know, making the decisions he would make, you know, just because he is the leader now, it didn't change anything. You know, it's, he's still, still who he is. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd go with John for character. Um, it's yeah. funny. I'm actually, I'm actually going to f- take yours from this episode. And I'm going to go with the hound for my character of the Ooh, season. That's, um, that's good. I, okay. I, like, I, I think that the character takes leaps and bounds in terms of, uh, characterization. You know, he's much softer. He's much, he's much nicer. He's, he's a, he mm-hmm. feels like a sweeter guy with a rougher edge, you know? And I think that that's a, I mean, like that starts at the end of season six, but I think it comes to fruition in this season, you know, starting the season in the, you know, the house that he's visited before and he took advantage of them mm. and seeing how far okay. he's come from there. And then this interaction at the end with Brienne and the going north and, sacrificing that much north of the wall and everything like there's just there's a Mm. lot of leaps and bounds for that character this season so i think as far as a season some total i'm gonna go with the hound okay yeah i like that um hmm, yeah performance i don't have i the only person i gave to um to this season was kit harrington um everyone else uh, just got one from me yeah, I've got two. I've got two twos. Uh, so four of the seven episodes this in this season were between Cersei, Lena Headey, and mm-hmm. Macy Williams as Arya Stark. And yes, that that was the. I only gave Macy Williams one, um, but I don't know. I was thinking about going for her with the season. Um, maybe not necessarily that she. You know, I think like Lena Headey is. I mean. It's it's just kind of kind of undeniable, but I think like as far as like Macy Williams, her growth as an actor, like she's she's all the way there now. Like from the beginning of the season, she is she is completely her character, and and no doubts. Uh, I I love the way she plays Arya um, now, and even if her storyline was bad, I don't know. I still think that she she performed well, and like whenever it was her and Brienne uh, like fighting, you know, and uh, at the beginning, like her return to Winterfell, I really really loved. Um, and, and yeah, I, th- I don't know. I think it's kind of, I, I would have expected to go with like Lena Hetty or Kit Harrington. Um, but I think, I don't know. I think I'll give Macy Williams some love for this I season because I I I I'm she... actually going to subvert expectations completely. Um, I didn't okay. give my season long any this season, um, which is not okay. the first time I will have done this. I think I did that with Alfie Allen, um, at some point. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, wow. I did that with Alfie Allen in season three of the show. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going Peter Dinklage as Tyrion for the okay. season. Uh, okay. Season yeah. Um, I think that uh, looking at the sum total of his work this season, it's an interesting spot for his character to be in and for him to approach it with such uh, vulnerability and verve and just kind of be, it's a different take on Tyrion than we've seen in the past. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he's always been the underdog now he is in a position of power, and ironically enough, the higher of a position of power he's in, the worse he's doing. He's not doing yep. as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think to watch Tyrion try to cope with that, like I remember when he's trying to prevent Daenerys from going north and him being like, they sometimes that's the hardest thing to do is nothing. Uh, I remember whenever, you know, she's like, uh, your plans have got us nowhere. He's like, it, we have our plan. It's still the right plan. You know, like uh, that whole thing, like every mm. single time he's on screen, he's consistent, he's strong, he's really good. And that performance in the finale here, that scene with Cersei where he's shaking to pour the wine and uh, all that, like just okay. yeah, incredible. I like that. So I'm going to give him the season long nod. Crazy. He didn't get any nods at all this season for any episode individually, um, which is very, very, I think, unlike um or just rare, but I do think you're right on the sum total. He he nailed. I mean, he he always nails his role, um, but he did do a great job. Holy shit! I'm looking at it. I haven't given Peter Dinklage a performance nod since the season four finale. Oh wow! I didn't give him a yeah in season five none. Wait a minute, none in season four either. Oh man, my last one was season four. Oh, it was season four, episode six. Was my last Peter Dinklage. Oh uh, wow, his trial. Um, yes. Ah, yeah, that one makes sense. Yeah, right. and I gave I gave Peter Dinklage in season four three performance nods for episode six, seven, and ten. Um, so he hasn't gotten a performance nod for a single episode in three seasons. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, but and he's always up there, though. I mean, well, and I like always, I listened yeah. to him mm-hmm. when we were talking about who's got who's got the numbers. He's still outpacing most everybody at uh at four at fourth out of out of the top five. Yeah, yeah. and we haven't given him one since the season four finale. That's crazy. It's been yeah. twenty seven episodes. Since we gave him a performance nod, and he's still not even fifth in the top five. That's pretty good. Yeah, he he dominated the early game. That's for sure. Oh, dude, the um, highlight of the early seasons of the show, one hundred percent. Okay. But what about yeah. a scene? Do you have a favorite scene of the season? I think so. Yeah, I was I was looking through. Um, it was almost. Um, eh, I was almost going to go with like Suicide Squad uh, episode and and the them you know uh, drogon coming in and and then having viser or viserion die but i think i'm actually going to go with uh olena's death uh this season um i really i think uh like them taking high garden was was nice but then to end it with with uh just the poison and 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 her being like is is there any pain no and then downing it just i thought it she went out in the most olena way um that she could have and uh I, I like the the interact like in Jamie's reaction, the like silent rage um kind of building up uh for for him 
and all of that. Um, I thought it was just a very well executed scene. Um, and yeah, I, don't, I guess kind of looking back on on the previous scenes, it's kind of there isn't one that sticks out like crazy like previous seasons usually. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's kind of a mixed bag. I'm sorry I dipped for a second. I don't know if you caught mm. that. Um, mm. My Discord quit. Um, oh, so okay. if, you, if you were watching the video and I disappeared for a second, my Discord <laughs> collapsed and I just I just hopped right back in. Um, but no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that I could hear most of what you said. I just missed a couple seconds there. Um, there was a there isn't really a standout. It is it. And, you know, there are those those choices where you could understand, you know, Viserion's death you know, the, the, the suicide squad, like you said, uh, but I'm going to go with a little more something that's hitting home. Uh, and that's Arya, Bran and Sansa reuniting in Winterfell. Mm. Um, whenever they all, you know, there, it's a good moment when they're by the God, they're in the Godswood by the heart tree and mm-hmm. he gives the dagger to her, but more just them marching through the courtyard together just and Bran yeah. and Podrick just... watching them, yeah. and, you know, like oh. that whole thing. I loved it. It made me, it made me extremely happy. Mm. So, um, I loved that, and I cannot wait for the Arya John reunion next episode. Um, Ooh! Oh wow! That is, oh, favorites. that does happen next episode. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, they arrive in Winterfell yeah. next episode. I think oh my episode. god! Um, That's yeah. I guess. Oh my god! We're fucking there. Yeah, we're, it's the, you feel like shit. there should be something that happens before yeah. that, but no, we're going straight to Winterfell. That is how oh. the season opens. It opens wow. with them marching That's, into Winterfell. Yeah. Um. Oh my god. But uh, okay, yeah, we uh, I, I loved it. I loved it, man. So I, I went with that. Um, what about a line of the season? Um, I think you know. Look, I was looking back through, and and one that that stood out to me uh, that I liked it was from episode three, um, when John arrived at Dragonstone, um, or I th- he might have been there for a little bit, but um, Daenerys says, uh, "We all enjoy what we're good at," and then John replies. I don't. Um, I thought it was just it was just very very badass and very to show the the you know just the the difference in in character. Like they're very they they mean the same thing. They both have the same goals, but are have a very different outlook on like mm-hmm. themselves and and oh, everything. Absolutely. absolutely, I like that too. I'm going with one from this episode. I'm going with the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives. Um, Hard as far yeah. as just the summation of this show thus far and what's going forward. Like I, I dig that. I love that. Um, so I, I love the Starks and mm-hmm. that sentiment always rings heartily with me. So I'm, I'm cool with that. There um, we are. I guess all that's left is to rate the season now. Um, and that'll be an interesting one. Thought. You know, I think yeah. that enjoyment wise, it's probably again, my weakest season yet. Um, we've given three straight seasons, 10, <laughs> the two before that nine seven fives and season one and nine. So I'm going eight. I think that's yeah. where I'm at. Eight to eight and a half. Anywhere in that yeah. range. I think it's it is kind of just like an eight. It is it is and that's, it's that's okay. An there season. are fun. But like the Aria and Sansa stuff really does hit like hit both enjoyment and critical. Yes, um, absolutely. Value. Because um, if and... <laughs> there are elements of this show that towards the end of the season aren't good but at least they're fun at least it's nice mm-hmm. at least it's it satisfies me um yeah that's not but... that's nothing i hate i don't i do not like that so and it's the first time in a while maybe ever in the show that i can expressly say i actively dislike something yeah. they do 
Um, yeah, that's really eight, the only thing I fair. actively dislike. So in I don't season, think there is yeah anything else. Well, Jamie uh, in the crypt with their dead kid and you know i mean like storyline i guess like like entire an an entire season spent on this story true is like there are specific acts done by specific characters that i do actively dislike the choice of them having done Mm -hmm. more from just an like an optics perspective like that's that's a terrible choice that the jamie Having Jamie and then the assault Cersei next to their dead child, yeah. and then and nothing was her done kind about of it. forgive him uh, for that. Like mm-hmm. that's horrendous, yeah. out of character. It's <clears> terrible. <throat> um, Joffrey torturing women at every turn he possibly could. Sometimes you just don't need that on screen. Um, you know, like there there are certain choices that I think are in poor taste. This is just bad storytelling, yeah, yeah, which is a different sure. thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think eight is fair. Then it kind of sounded low at first, but I I don't think it is too low. I think it is where it lands, which is we haven't given a single season below a nine. Yeah, this is that though. It is there. Like it's definitely it's definitely on a lower level than the other two, uh, or the other six, I should say. Mm-hmm. Two. Um, yeah. Um, but okay. critically, uh, again, we're looking at the weakest season. Um, and again, probably probably at about an eight. Um, I think it's the worst season by a decent margin. Yeah, we I think it's more enjoyable six, than seven, it is five. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say it's kind of just on. It's just kind of the same. It's like for Game of Thrones, this feels just kind of meh. Like it's like it's there are good moments. It kind of balances out. Um, but that it it's meant for Game of Thrones, but for normal television, this is still still pretty good. Like, yeah, like an it, an eight feels low. Like, it's crazy that that is like low. No, that's like that is good. Thrones, that is a but, good season of television. Um, and it is. I think, yeah, I think this is just, yeah. I think this is just kind of eights across the board. Um, this season. Right. Um, and, and yeah. that's it. It's an eighty percent. And mm-hmm. we conclude another season of Game of Thrones. Man. And we will continue Winter is Blooming in two weeks' time. Uh, the season eight premiere will be in two weeks, as next Monday we are doing our very own Penny Bloom Film Awards, which I'm very excited about. We are going to uh, do our own little Oscars ahead of the actual Oscars. Um, and I'm, I'm so excited for that. I'm, I'm very I'm loving, loving movies. Love 2023, and there's a lot to love, so I'm excited to shower stuff that i enjoyed that we enjoyed with some love so i'm excited for that that's next monday uh we will be continuing our comic book movie project this friday because i believe wednesday is the bad batch if i am not Mm -hmm. mistaken we uh we got the first four episodes of the bad batch this wednesday um and i'm so very excited to revisit that we've been covering that show since its inception season one episode one so to we got to cover mm-hmm. it in some capacity to conclude it. So we're going to be doing yeah. that in chunks. And this Wednesday is the first chunk of the first four, but then we will be continuing our game of, or uh, not our game of Thrones, our comic book movie journey through film this Friday uh, with March 1st episode being fantastic Four: the remake starring miles teller, Michael B. Jordan, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So 
we got a shitter to look forward to. <laughs> uh, can't wait. Um, but yeah, with that, I already did the plugs. Mm-hmm. Look at that. I think I like that format. I like that format a lot. Uh, I'm Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom, and the lone wolf dies, but the pack survives.